listening to the one of us.net podcast network they come from the bowels of hell guided by a master plan on the big domination of the earth it arouses such emotion that the management has been forced to state positively no refund Jingle bells. Oh my god. That's enough. Seriously. Do we have to do Chris, we want people to listen to the podcast. I thought that was the goal. (laughs) I thought we were doing Jingle Bell Rock. All right, show of hands. Out there in internet land, who loves raw head racks? Nobody. No one. No one. Zero no people. No one is raising no. their hand. There's only one person Crickets. in this game. Is Crickets. Starts with a C and ends with Christmas. You know what I want for Christmas this year? For you to retire that voice. No. That's what I want for Christmas <laughs> no. in July. I'll come up with a new voice. It's fine. No uh, more. All right. All right. We're here for the, the 31st episode of Liberations of Doom. Yay. This is our Christmas in July part two. And we've got like four movies to talk about. But before we do that, we have to talk a little bit. Well, first off, who's here? I'm Chris. I'm Patience. I'm Rob. Russ. And uh, we have to talk about our beer sponsor. What about that, Rob? What about our beer sponsor? Uh, Our beer sponsor is Oscar Blues, which is a kick-ass craft brewery. Um, They are located uh, here in Austin. And uh, and in um, Colorado. Colorado. Colorado, and one in North Carolina, and one in North Carolina, right? yeah. And uh, yeah, for brew pubs, not just yeah, Canada. doubling down on those hipster paradises. <laughs> yeah, and uh, these guys, these guys, uh, they're trying to conquer the world of coolness because they do uh, dry rub. Um, bicycle stuff. Bicycles? I, what do they do? They make bikes. How does that work? They make sodas? bikes and bike parts, handcrafted sodas, which are really good. And they also have like a ton of just like various cooking and like like swag stuff. Like they have so much promotional material. But what's important is their beers are super tasty. They are, and um, uh, I want to. We want to spotlight one. This one's going to be. Um, their uh, Dale's Pale Ale, which was the first uh, craft beer in a can. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, that's right. These guys rocked it uh, before everybody else. Um, Dale's Pale Ale, uh, if, you, if you like it, I think it's Russ's second favorite after the Monopoly Pills. That is true. That yes. is true. Um, and uh, the way they describe it is uh, a hoppy nose and assertive, but balanced flavors of pale malts and uh, citrusy floral hops from first sip to final swig. It's got a little bit of a higher ABV, not crazy, 6.5 and 65 IBUs. Yeah, it's... It's not nothing. Yeah. yeah. Unless you're allergic to hops. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's the case. <laughs> but um, something to sneeze at, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's super good. Um, if you haven't had it, uh, our friends uh, uh, drink it up when uh, whenever they come over to our house where we where we keep some on hand and they are stoked. Yeah, you're, 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 our, our mutual buddy that, that you guys work with, uh-huh. who's great. Like, you guys tell me that story. It's like, yeah. comes to the house. It's like, oh, my God, you have Dale's Pill. It's the he best beer like, in the world. He was like, yeah, he said to stay with us because... Where he's living was like, uh, he, he had to get kicked out for an hour or two. And <laughs> man, uh, he was so stoked to have some Dale's Pale Ale. And uh, that's, the, that's what Dale's Pale Ale And I told does. him at long last, doing a horror podcast finally Has pays paid off. off. Yeah. And it, it kick- pays off in beer, which is all I really give a shit about, yeah. honestly. Yeah, but other than whiskey. Yeah. I do what I can. You yeah. guys don't have pay. You have beer. <laughs> hey, I mean, as long as it's yeah. Dale's Pale Ale and like Mama's Little Pills, little, like little pills this kind of this is a pretty good trade off. Oh, one man. of their many other beers. Uh, they always have uh, seasonals in their brew pubs as well. I keep saying how much I love their Fugly, which is their uh, their fruit IPA, which is actually kind of a big thing right now. A lot of companies make good ones. Theirs actually uses really weird like Asian fruits, like. like 
like the ugly fruit spelled U G L I U G L I, and I forget what the other one is. It's a Japanese fruit, uh, but the it's like a really one? unique. No, they're not doing that one. <laughs> not that. What I is mean, that thing? The one that smells like a fruit? corpse. Yeah, that's like, the one I'm talking about. Yeah, they about. don't use that one. Oh. Yeah, because they make stuff. But that's fugly, good. great name for a beer. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We one of these days we uh, it'd be amazing to record there. I wonder, yeah. if you, I wonder if the They're sound quality would the, allow it. it the, but part of the problem is it's a giant It's so space. loud. So we, it'd be like, uh, do you have a smaller room? And then it's like, well, why are we, why are we yeah. Yeah, yeah, now exactly. we're just... Well, we're here because they have a, a soda on tap. Uh, they don't have on tap, just in the can. Oh, in a can? Yeah. But it's there, but it's... They, so they have in a can, they just... Yeah. Can't. Get it there? Yeah, I actually here? tried to get them to give us the sodas, and they're like, I can only give you stuff that we manufacture here, and those are manufactured in Colorado. Oh, so, God uh, damn it. I know, because uh, I was like, I'll take a whole run of just your soda. Yeah, no, because you know? we, I oh, mean, well. some of us don't pretty, drink. Yeah, not me. No but. one in this room. <laughs> no, I mean, but we, there are some of, some of us dot net. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you guys out there are like, uh, I don't really drink beer, it's worth going to their brew pubs just to check out their sodas. They're that good. If you're in Austin or... Yeah, or in Colorado, Colorado or North Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah. But, uh, uh, all great places to live. Yeah. Or even uh, if you're not there, you could try yeah, you can, you I mean, you could go to the, the grocery store. store and buy I've seen them at Central Market uh, and uh, Whole Foods. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. Oscar Blues Rocks, and uh, you should check it out. If you, if you are a beer fan, uh, you should check it out. And if you're not a beer fan, they may make you one. So. Yeah. I also, uh, of course, we've got to, all, as always, thank our subscribers. You are the reason we're able to do this at all. We literally cannot do this without subscribers and we desperately need more please think about being i mean really think about it like we have two five dollar ten dollar and twenty five dollar uh tiers for that you get lots of bonus stuff and honestly i mean like come on think about it five dollars a month ten dollars a month i mean five dollars a month isn't even a taco bell discount meal worth the stuff. That's one Taco Bell discount meal you've said I'm not having. That but month. you know the enjoyment you get from a Taco Bell discount like- meal? This exceeds that. It, by a significant it's, margin. It's, uh, it's access to all kinds of cool stuff that... Um, you know, you won't get as just even as a free listener. And as a person who listens to a ton of podcasts, you can never get enough good content. Yeah. Yeah. And we have a lot of great extra content there. Uh, look into it and uh, really just please think about it. Like, you know, this you is know what a else? free podcast. And, and can, I, can I say the other cool thing about being a subscriber and just being a part of the one of us is to be part of the community on the website is awesome. Like, I dig, I dig that part of it. I really like the forums because when... We get a lot of questions because uh, people question mostly the Summers. Uh, yeah, Summers brothers' ability to to gauge movies correctly. <laughs> <laughs> so we get a lot of questions. I know, like, questioning is is a generous, kind way to put uh, interrogations. Some of these bozos maybe. And yeah, but you also get people who are like, "I'm totally Team Summers brothers too." And that's true. That's true. Those, this is if very you're true. out there, make more noise on the forums. Hell yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah. Um, you know, if, you know, you should really just join so you can hate on us in another place. <laughs> that's, uh, that's really what it is. Find find like-minded individuals who also hate the Summers Brothers <laughs> at oneofus.net. Can I just say as well, we uh, this uh, website now has its own separate iTunes feed. So if you just want to listen to Liber- Deliberations of Doom, you can subscribe to it on iTunes. And honestly, that's great for us. I know you guys don't really appreciate the degree to which subscribing, putting a five-star review on, uh, on it helps but oh my god it makes a huge difference it's why on a lot of podcasts now your people say please give us a five-star review because it makes a huge difference that one doesn't even cost you anything just do that it helps enormously 
Check that out. Join our social media also as well. When we, I'm going, hey, company, we would love to preview this thing or have a chance to interview this person. If they look at our social media feed and said, oh, my God, you've got this many followers, that is the type of shit they look at. And our Facebook is lit, thanks again to the Summers Brothers, yeah. because you guys, seriously. I, that's my, one of my favorite things. Like, just, you guys yeah. are on point. Yeah, we just like responding. So, you know, we'll find you on oneofus.net if, you know, um, uh, subscribers on there. And also, you know, our Facebook and uh, Twitter, like, we respond to all that stuff. We Insta. Just, yeah, we just like, we just like um, interacting with everybody. So, interact. Reach out. Indeed. And with all that being said, let's get on to the talking Christmas. about the- It's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas in July. I feel like I should have, like, a recording of, like, jing- like bells going... You know, it, okay, first of all, we know it's not actually Christmas because we haven't gotten in a fight yet. <laughs> That's true. We haven't we've started been, yelling at each other. We've all been more or less on the same page Well, let's, let's uh, see what end. happens. Except for dead end. But, uh, I, I did want to say <laughs> we're also a spoiler-heavy podcast, so fair warning if yeah. you uh, have not seen the movies and would like to be... Uh, Unsullied. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you can look on the page, see which movies we are talking about. I, we're kind of like, watch these movies and then enjoy yeah. listening to us We post them. our lists Indeed. far in advance. It's a challenge. We, we challenge you to watch these movies, because God knows we had to. And some so. of these movies are a challenge. Yeah. And um, I do like to say, we've actually converted some of our listeners to horror movie fans. Who were not fans before that. Exactly, because... I, mean, I don't want to take all the credit, but, you know, sometimes we got there, we changed the world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We You're welcome, bit. America. A little bit. <laughs> All right, so uh, the last movie we talked about in, in episode 30 was Krampus. Of course, now there's when Krampus mania hit America, I'm not exactly sure when, maybe 10 years ago or so, like suddenly there was 500 direct-to-DVD Krampus movies coming out. Like mm-hmm. Krampus turning into a huge thing. I was like, oh, it's evil Santa Claus. I love it. Uh, like the dark side of Santa Claus. My favorite is that uh, Krampus is a reoccurring uh, uh Adversary on the American Dad cartoon show. Mm-hmm. He keeps popping up in their uh, Christmas episodes to do battle with the. Uh, with That's the, awesome. Yeah, so. but I will say the real, like the high water mark, the point where everyone turned around and really took interest in the Krampus as in America as a thing, which has existed in European folklore for a long time, was the movie from 2010, the Finnish movie. God, how did a Finnish horror Christmas horror turn into one of the big cult films of the decade? But Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale. Now, uh, here is the summers... Summarization. 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 Uh, I get to read out this time. On Christmas Eve in Finland, Santa Claus is unearthed in an archaeological dig. Soon after, children start disappearing, leading a boy and his father to capture Santa, and with the help of fellow hunters, they look to sell him back to the corporation that sponsored the dig. And then there's Santa's elves, who are determined to free their leader. Okay, so this gives you the vague idea of what's going on here. Uh, It's interesting that... This is actually based on a 2003 short film by all the same people, including the same actors, called Rare Exports Incorporated, and then a sequel short film in 2005, Rare Exports, The Official Safety Instructions, I believe both of which are featured on the Blu-ray that they put out of this movie, which are well worth watching all on their own. But this movie, which starts off kind of like... So what is this? I remember seeing it in the theater. I can't remember if it was at a festival or, or, or wherever, but going like, so, I mean, I know about Krampus, but how does he get involved in this thing? And you're like, it's a kid-led horror, which is always like, oh boy, here we go, which isn't always a good thing. Um, quickly starts to win you over with just how oddball it is. Like, the elves are not elves, 
they're naked old dudes, (laughs) like all filthy old dudes running around who are like psychotic and abducting these children and bringing them to this unearthed, they say Santa Claus, but it's, and here it's like, it's almost like there is no Santa Claus in this world. They're like the myth of Santa Claus. He was never this good guy. He was always this vengeful spirit. You know, the Krampus, as it were, who's stuck in a giant block of ice that they're all trying to def- to uh, defrost. All the, the elves, in quotes, have stolen all the radiators and heating and devices and onions around town trying to defrost it. And have abducted the children and left them in bags for basically feeding time, I guess, when, when he gets defrosted. But the story of this kid who goes from, like, his father that kind of looks down on him and is like, okay, well, you're just a kid, you know what you're talking about, to becoming the absolutely alpha male protagonist of the film, this very little kid, and the weird twist the movie does from doing, like, like I said, like, slight on the comedy, more like a sort of slowly creeping light horror to being kind of this meta absurd ending that they do, which is like, I remember laughing really hard when I saw this in the theater going like, that is so clever. I never would have thought of where they went. Cause the whole time you're going, what the fuck does rare exports mean in the category of what does that have to do with anything? And then seeing, okay, now, you know, at the end, even being smart to go put the title up at the very end. Cause you're like, Oh, now I get it. Cause that's now their job is they sell Christmas Santa's the elves to all over the world. That's brilliant. I I thoroughly love this movie. Uh, It's one I revisit regularly, almost every Christmas. And uh, I I can't, I don't know how to recommend this one much more. This is my second favorite movie we're covering on the show next to uh, uh, Better Watch Out. I love this movie. And uh, my cousin actually he was like, hey, you should watch this movie. It's it's like, because you like, you know, horror movies, you should watch it a couple years ago. And I watched it and I was like, holy shit, how have I never even heard of this movie before? And I'm I'm shocked and surprised that more people are not watching this movie. Um, (laughs) On the second watch, I was like, okay, this little kid's kind of annoying because he Never, I mean, he's not Babadook annoying, <laughs> but he's a little Gosh. bit annoying. Babadook's a masterpiece. You don't know what the hell you're talking fuck about. Fuck up, Chris. You are, out, you are outnumbered in this room, Kyle. On a scale of one to Babadook, I would say he's like an eight. Wow. Yeah, he's kind of annoying because he doesn't listen to his father ever. Like, oh my God, will you just stop? putting your nose into your... Oh. And I think it's a funny thing if you think about it, all of the movies re- we've reviewed up till this point have all involved kids as being, like, the main protagonists. They are Christmas movies. Yeah, so. I... Well, but I mean, still... You know. I mean, that's gonna end as of this movie, but I just thought that was weird. Um, the, the whole lifestyle that these people live in the remote regions of Finland yeah. where they raise... Or, I mean, reindeer are yeah. their their um, economy. Um, I was just like, holy shit. I would have died 20, 30 years what ago. What do you do for fun? I would have never. We carve reindeer. They're so, <laughs> like, I mean, they're digging holes and it's cold, but they don't have gloves on. It sucks. It fucking sucks. Yeah. I mean, they don't have heaters. Well, they do have heaters. Well, they, they have radiators that yeah. get stolen by elves. Yeah. Well, presumably that dryers. doesn't happen most years. <laughs> um, kid never listens. He's a little dick. There's a lot of... Speaking of dicks, 
Um, there is quite a bit of nudity in this yeah. old, uh, man old, old man penis. Mm-hmm. Um, just like dicks out, just swinging yeah. um, as they try and attack people. But, You're my boy, Blue. Mm-hmm. Um, just like in uh, Krampus, you can um, use gingerbread as a means to an end. A like, defense against Yeah, I mean, you can just the use... The dark elves. Yeah. Otherwise, right. they're going like, to yeah. eat your children. Uh, I, I love this movie. It's a smart movie. One of the things that annoyed me was a lot of the critics were like, it's a parody. This movie is a parody of other movies like The Thing. Or um, uh, they specifically mention the thing, as a, ma- as a matter of fact. And I'm like, this movie is not a parody. It's, this is an original. It doesn't feel satirical in any way. And, exactly. Yeah. And that's and that's kind of what annoyed me about the reviews is like, why this is? I mean, just because it has some humor to it doesn't, and it's in the frozen north, Finland, whatever Finland. that is. I mean, I'm not good at geography. That's not my, I mean. It's where Adventure Time takes place. But, (laughs) never seen it. Um, But, I mean, that kind of annoyed me. Like, it's not a parody. This is an original film with original writing, original direction. uh, Having the elves be like these old men with the penis um, attacking people, uh, and and the fact that you actually don't ever see like the Krampus slash Santa Claus really, yeah. in the end, and then the fact that they market the elves as small Santa Clauses, I just think this is a brilliant concept, and I I reg- you know I really do reg- you know do not like people that say it's a, a satire. Okay. So if you're one of those people, patient says, fuck you. Fuck you. You suck. And the end moment where they change from their, like, really rugged outdoor gear to the Christmas sweaters, perfect. Russ? Uh, uh, I, I, uh, this is the second time I watched this. I had watched this uh, shortly after Better Watch Out because Chris told me, oh, there's another really good uh, Christmas horror movie. Um, oh, you had not seen this before. I had not seen this. Uh, I had oh, seen this. So- yeah. But it, I'm so happy for you. Yeah. Um, so there, I think the setup is great, uh, particularly the first couple of scenes um, with the guy who's there to dig up Santa Claus. I, I think he was a really great character. And I have to say, once he kind of went away, I was kind of disappointed. I said, oh, it's going to be about these other people. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm less interested in them. Um, they they felt like – and I'm you know obviously I'm not super familiar with Finnish culture – um, but these characters felt a little arch to me. Okay. They didn't totally feel like real people. Um, it's just the one guy with my favorite line of the movie when they they think there's going to be a, a horde of reindeer that they're going to slaughter. And the, the best friend of the guy's dad says, Our freezers will be brimming with meat. And I was like, that doesn't feel like something a real person would say. <laughs> I, I kind of walked around for days afterwards, <laughs> annoying Rob, saying, "Our freezers will be brimming with meat." You know, sure. when we go to get add it to the list of things yeah, when that annoys me. Yeah, when we go to get tacos or something. Um, <laughs> go to H E B. Exactly. I'd be like, so, uh, uh, but again, I, I I did think it was a really neat setup. Like, I thought the idea of what was going on was really creative, and I think the movie is. Uh, at least from a visual standpoint, very well directed. I mean, it, it's it's really well shot and edited. Um, the production design, the costumes, uh, it's it's pretty. I mean, it's pretty top notch. Uh, the special effects as well. But I just, 
Um, especially on the second viewing, I think on the first viewing I was more interested. I really didn't know what was going on, but it it does feel like it it loses its way a little bit. The story uh, starts to feel a little squishy, and then it it comes to, it does build to a big climax, which I think is fairly clever and and does tie into the premise and the setup, which again was my favorite thing about the movie. Um, and it does it has a very clever ending. Uh, that, that Chris has talked about, which, um, you know, uh, speaks to the intelligence behind the movie and the creativity. The, I don't really like the little kid at all, and he takes over the movie. Uh, and the movie uh, strangely um, veers between stuff that's a little disturbing and adult and upsetting uh, to, like, the little kid's point of view. And I wasn't sure exactly how to take that as a viewer. Uh, but I do think the movie is worth seeking out. It's worth watching if you're looking for a Christmas horror movie. It's a very unusual movie. Uh, and, um, you know, it is it is a horror movie. I, I do think it's a good Christmas horror movie. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a soft recommend, but I, I did enjoy it. You, said, you were saying favorite lines. I had to call out when towards the end they meet up with the English guy who's running the, the dig. It's like, who are you? Where are my men? And the, only the one guy speaks English, but only kind of. And he goes, yeah, yeah, we are men. Let's do business. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I didn't really understand. I, I think there's some, some good stuff like that. Yeah. And I think the, the idea behind the movie is really great. It does a really great job with the mythology of what's happening in the movie. Yeah. Um, I'd never seen this before. Uh, I know that I was kind of looking forward to it. I really didn't know much about it at all. Uh, I know that you know all three of you guys had been very, um, uh, uh, very um, high on the movie and, and thought it's, it, it. And so I was like, oh, I'm kind of looking forward to it as uh, one of the one of the reasons to do this podcast at all is to discover these movies that I hadn't gotten a chance to watch yet. Um, I didn't really connect with this movie the way you guys did. I don't know why because um, I really admired a lot about it, liked it, and I could see why you guys liked it. But I think. Um, Interesting, I didn't know about the short film thing. And now that I see that, I can see that, from my perspective, it feels like a, like a really awesome 20-minute short film stretched to an hour and a half. Yeah. That there are... And I think that was my problem with the movie, is that it started with the... It starts with the opening where they're digging up Santa, and you guys are right, and it's all in English, um, which I was like, oh, that's like a foreign movie. And it was... Cool, where the guy's like, "Here's what's going on. We're digging up the scene." And it felt Carpenter esque, right? It yeah. does. It feels like the beginning of this Carpenter movie, and he's like, "Given the, the rules have changed, this is the way we do it. You can't swear. You can't. You can't do this. You can't, you can't do that. Smoke. You can't. Yeah." And it was kind of interesting. I was like, "Oh, okay. I'm intrigued." And then like goes these little kids, and they kind of see what's going on. And I was like, "Okay, this could be cool." And the kids aren't bad actors there, but um, oh, the kids are good actors. But then it just gets sort of murky. Then like, shout out to that one kid's mullet. Yeah, uh, yeah, Moulet, <laughs> as they say in Brotherhood of the Wolf. Moulet's still big in Finland. Yeah, dude, that's, that's, how, that's how we rock it. Um, the movie has a certain, um, uh, it just sort of seems to wander a little bit. Like, you know, and then it goes to little kids, and the dad's there, then like go back to the camp, the reindeer dead, and like go, it's like, like, what's happening? Like, there seem to be no strong forward momentum for me in the movie and it's weird because I think like 
the way y'all talked about it, it was like it was fun. It was like the, like with Krampus, there's all this forward momentum. But with this, I, it's sort of like I was like, then they you know they go back to the house and the kids sort of upset about stuff and they eat gingerbread. I just like I was like, what's they, happening? They have that long interlude where the kid kind of escapes. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't really. And the kid seems that the kid sort of. And then the, he tells the one kid and he's like, you can't tell. I'm like, what are they talking about? And then they like all the reindeer. I, I just. It just, I was like, what's going on? Like, where is Santa? And I think that's the thing. At the heart of the movie is the idea that they've dug up Santa and he is the antagonist. He is this evil that has come for the children. And that's really cool. But he exists very much in the abstract in the movie. And um, they have that amazing idea that, like, the kids start to disappear and they, they find the effigy, like the, the straw kids. It's a really striking image. As the whole movie is filled with, you know, the, the uh, costumes and the, and the landscape, the cinematography, it's, it's impressive. And there is a Carpenter-esque influence, although not in a, not in a way that I really love. Yeah. Um, and then, then all of a sudden, they, they, there's an interesting twist that the elves, the elf that you think is Santa is an elf. And um, I was like, okay, what's kind of going on there? And the, the sequence where he's chained up and they're, he sees the kid is, like, fairly well done. It's certainly an interesting sequence. But prior to that, it's just weird. Like, they have this body from this bag, and they're baiting it, and they come back, and he's like, it looks like he's ripped off the guy's ear. I can't tell if it's just a bite. No, but it looks- he, he bit it off. Okay. That's not, again, this is my big thing with these movies. The guy's just sort of standing there and thing like, I can only imagine if I came over here and, like, Chris is like, I kind of got that weird thing that we were looking at, <laughs> and it ripped off my ear. I would be troubled, to I, say the I, least. I, I would say Chris would probably be yeah, troubled. Yeah, Chris would and be I think more troubled. You would yes. probably be like, huh, that, that is my business. I do audio shit. But, but instead, they sort of stand there, and the guy's like, they all sort of go in to go look at the body, and the guy's like, stand out there in the snow, like, holding his ear, and I was it's like, no, it never it's comes a, up again. And, and I was like, what? It's a different, it's a different place. If that happened to me, it would definitely be the end of an era. <laughs> oh. Ladies and gentlemen, we have our first coxism. Oh, our first coxism is here. No, I agree with you. There's definitely it's just, an error. It's just like, it's sort of, I, there was just this weird spiral of muddled, like, feeling to the movie, and I was like, what are we doing? The second act is the weakest Like, I was part like, what? Like, yeah, I guess definitely. I just felt like, what's happening? And so, to that extent, I started to just, okay, what's going on? And then it builds to a climax where they, they do meet Santa, but. Santa's like, they never really reveal He's like in the ice and you see the horns. They take, it's a stunning image. They take the horns that are, but Santa doesn't really show up. They sort of fight the elves. And then the other thing with the kids going to ride the helicopter and let, he's going to lure them in. The thing. And I was like, okay, this is a climax. So I'll give you guys this, like, it built to this. This all makes sense. It's consistent with kind of what, but at that point, I kind of had given up. I wasn't interested. I, w- I had lost some interest to the movie. Um, and uh, also, what the fuck was their plan digging up Santa? Like, why are they... Why they dig him up? What was the American dude who dies fucking plan? I believe he was English. Okay, um, he's British, whatever. He digs up... What's his fucking plan? I mean, I don't know, because all they say is like, oh, this is my childhood dream come true. Again, like, and I feel like this is the problem with the movie is that it, it's, it's well-directed. There isn't a big plot, There's a cleverness yeah. to it. Um, there's, you know, these aesthetics, like, I, you know, I like the way they, they all, they, there was references to, like, Carpenter, they're all wearing their sunglasses and their hoods and stuff, but I, I guess I was just like, eh, like, I was like, okay, I don't, I don't really care, I don't really like the kids, like you said, like, they're not interesting or funny, and I think, like, emotionally, I wasn't, there was no real arc to the movie, with, like, the relationship between the dad and the son, it felt like there should be an arc, and, you know, they have the interesting thing where they eat gingerbread and he sort of tells the kid to go to bed and he's like, what if I wasn't here? Like, what if I didn't, what if I didn't exist or something? They're dead. 
But that isn't really where the movie goes. And so, um, you know, I think it's it's interesting, like, the idea that they're going to ship these elves off to be Santa's. Like, it doesn't really make sense to me. Like, I, I But I think, again, the movie didn't click for me. I just didn't connect with it. So, um, Are you saying you didn't like this film, Rob? I, it's not that I didn't like it, because I think, like, that's such a strong word. Like, I... Because let me talk about movies that I fucking hate as we go on in this podcast. But um, <laughs> I think this movie may work for other people. It does not work for me. But this is not a movie I would tell people if you watch listen to this podcast, this might be a movie you would dig. It doesn't work for me, but you can hear from all you guys. Like, it, it works for y'all. And, and so that's great, you know. Um, I guess, like I said, like, it just it seemed to wander a little bit. Maybe I wasn't in the mood for it or I was distracted. I don't know. I just didn't. Click with it in the way that I kind of wanted to. See, unlike, let's say, The Babadook, for instance, where it's a kid... This is a hundred times better than that. I would rather watch this than The Babadook. I think this is so much more fun and entertaining. I I, I, I don't know if I was clear. I was never annoyed by this movie. I think I was just confused a few times, and maybe that's just like I wasn't paying close enough attention, or I didn't click with it, but... Well, I mean, what I was going to say is, unlike the Babadook and the strained relationship between the child and the mother Mm -hmm. with the the dead parent, Mm -hmm. I thought that this movie actually portrayed it in a way better way as far as, like, yeah, I get the moments between the father and the son. They're awkward and they're weird. And I thought that was the whole entire point. Yeah, it is. But I I just don't feel like it totally pays off. And it just didn't... And I don't know that I really get to know these characters in any real way. That's a valid... But I will say... The like the guy who played the dad, great actor. Yeah, he like he doesn't. He may not be given like some Oscar moment, but like dude sells some fucking crazy shit, and he sells the emotional shit between him and the son. I so. thought all the actors were fantastic. They are I, I, again. I would say technically this movie's aces. It's like Krampus, where I think like design ideas, like you know they have stuff with like you know big visual effects and the and like I said, like the sequence where they have the guy chained up in the. In the thing, and he sees the kid. And I remember, like, he doesn't move, he doesn't move, and they don't know what to do with him. And then the kid comes in, and he, he looks up, and it, it's real slow. And the movie had earned that moment. It's it's very, it's genuinely it's like a very lived in world. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I I agree with you, and I don't agree with you at the same time. Totally. Again, I you know this is a movie that I, it's it's like another movie that I would say like didn't totally click with me. But I could t- I, this may be like like Chris was saying about Krampus. I bet I go back and watch this movie again like in a couple years or something. Like, oh yeah, Rare Exports. I like that. You might like that. Like, let's watch a Christmas horror movie. And I'll be like, shit, that was pretty great. Like now I see what Russ and, and Patience were kind of talking about. You know, so. Um, uh-huh. Not a, not this is not a negative review. It's only a didn't totally connect with it, but lots of stuff I liked about it. Love it. So, yeah. All right, well, let's go into our next film, which I didn't realize was a Christmas horror film. I've never seen until the show 2007's P2, uh, which stars Rachel Nichols and Wes Bentley, and and although there's a few other characters, largely. Rachel Nichols and Wes Bentley, but uh, Rob, it's your turn for the summer's summarization. Oh, yeah. It's this the summarization. Yeah, a P two during Christmas Eve in New York, a workaholic executive stays later at her office before leaving for her family's Christmas party. When her car does not start, she realizes she's unable to leave the locked uh, parking garage. The building security guard offers assistance, but she slowly finds that he may have plans of his own, and none of this was accidental. Yeah, happened to me. So I can we do a wow. ha- can we do a hashtag yeah. summarization? Uh, yeah, yeah. summers is except in my case, the the security guard was actually a cat, and then the cat made me adopt him, and now here we are. And now we have yeah. monkey. I was I was on the edge of my seat. Yeah, I only needed one part of my seat, the edge. To hear the <laughs> story. It, it was you know what? It was a, it's a story with a happy ending. Yeah. yeah, and this was directed by what Frank? Uh, I'm gonna. 
totally pronounce this wrong. Calhoun, 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 who he, did Maniac with uh, Elijah and I Wood. I really which enjoyed was, the remake of Maniac. I did not. Uh, but, I okay. really liked it. Wow. A lot. I was, we'll have to I'm put that big, on a. Yeah, that we'll made, that, that on, may end up on a list. Uh, yeah, I well, did not enjoy Amityville: The Awakening, however, which you also. So we're definitely going to be talking about Frank. And he's a protege of, and who produces Alejandro. Aja or Aja, Aja, Aja. yeah, Aja. yeah. Um, okay. the 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 uh, or Alexandra. I'm sorry, I said his name wrong. Uh, Alexandra Aja, who directed uh, Piranha and, um, and High I Tension. Fucking love Piranha. Yeah, and uh, and uh, what's that one where uh, uh, Kiefer Sutherland rips his face off? Mirrors. Oh, Mirrors, yeah. Yeah. which I right. which so was he produced fantastic. And was obviously very what? involved in it. You didn't like mirrors? No, no one oh, like mirrors. Shut patience. the fuck up. No I one, love no one like mirrors. mirrors. I, Sutherland doesn't like mirrors. We are mirrors. putting that on the list. That, and it is put it on a we're list. We're putting somewhere. that on a list. Mirror horror movies. <laughs> you could do all movies. <laughs> we're going to get to the point it's like horror films where someone points at someone else. <laughs> horror films that only patients like. Yeah. Yes. Well, which is, you know. Significant. Um, I okay. So first of all, Wes Bentley. I know him from American Horror Story. He's been in quite a few American Horror Stories, and I thought he was fantastic. And American Beauty, or just films with American in it. Just yeah, (laughs) maybe. maybe. You liked him in this movie. I I mean, I didn't really. I mean, I thought this movie was mediocre. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not gonna say I'm very very neutral. It didn't. It wasn't terrible. This is my first time watching it. It wasn't super terrible. I had had it on my list on Netflix for a really long time, but I couldn't ever quite like seal the deal because there's always better movies on mm-hmm. Netflix. And this one didn't have a super great rating. Um, I know there's always better movies. There's, there's, always, there's always other movies. There's always Netflix. other movies. <laughs> but uh, as far as... like, I had been putting this off for quite some time, watching this movie, and I... Didn't hate it. I mean, I didn't think it sucked, but I mean, it's definitely not the the creme de la creme as far as, no. as the the movies that there are so many better movies that we watched for this assignment than this one. Um, not I, many, but yes. yeah, that's true. I mean, this one was just like I mean, it's better than Dead End. It's better than Dead End. Yeah, and I really liked Wes Bentley. I mean, I know that he. I don't know if this was this was definitely before his American Horror Story stint. Oh yeah, this is two thousand seven. He definitely did play his psycho so well. He did such a good job um, with his, especially because I don't know if he's like a method actor or anything, but his facial expressions, it, I mean, they're just so perfect as far as like, yeah, that's what a psychopath's faith, facial expressions would look like. Um. Way to ruin Christmas, asshole. That is the best one. (laughs) And it was so gross, too, though. Like, there is a moment here I was just like, okay, that's pretty gross. And I... Okay, total spoilers as well, because Russ already gave you the precursor to that. Um, Where she traps herself in an elevator, which is like, okay, that's a really smart thing to do. Like, just lock the elevator. I'm just going to chill here. I'm gonna, and years. I'm going to call the emergency line, and this is going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, I have some snacks. And then he, like, fills it up with water to force her out and a dead body. And I just thought that was, like, such a re- really unique thing. I've never seen that in a horror it's film It's definitely before. one of the better sequences in the movie. Absolutely. Sure. And um, let's just do a little, like... Moment of silence for the dog. 
Rest who in... had it coming. Dogs can be dickheads, okay? That dog was a Rest dickhead. Rest in peace, doggo. I don't but feel bad for It's the dog. owners. It's not the dog. <laughs> yeah, it's you know. If that had been a kitty, you would have a totally different and opinion. Char- and Charlie Cox. Manson's, de- like, was, like, that's all his mom's fault. So we should not, like, hate Whatever. Either, so. Yeah. Whatever. Um, my favorite part of the movie, and yes, I am biased because Elvis is my favorite, but he does this whole like sequence where he does um, Blue Christmas with Elvis, like an impression. Better. And I was just like, swoon. Um, I definitely swooned. But he is definitely an incel, so we hate him. <laughs> it is um, interesting on that note how this, I'm watching this, this feels like a movie that would have been made right now. Yeah. Because of that. Because yeah. it's so addressing very topical stuff with incels mm-hmm. and they're sort of like, you don't understand, I'm a nice guy. I don't understand why you don't like me. I'm a nice guy. I'm such a nice person. Look at how nice I am. I just wanted to invite you to dinner. Why don't you want to come to dinner you, with can me? Can you real quick contextualize what that name means? It means... Um, oh, oh, incel. Jesus. People who, like, who claim... Involuntary that, celibate. Yeah, involuntary right, celibate, right. which is bullshit. So this, this I, there's a group of people who feel that... Um, they are forced uh, by society to not be able to have relations with females. So all, it's an all, all, you know, only males um, because uh, even though they're great or whatever, you know, they, they don't have for whatever reason uh, what women want, and so they should they they're entitled to it. But they're such nice guys, so right. they should be totally getting laid. And that right. whole thing of like just like them, it's like, oh no, I'm such a nice guy, only to erupt in calling someone a dumb motherfucking cunt, which is what when, happens when, in this movie yeah. repeatedly. Yeah. And you're like, okay, this. Re- I mean, like, I was kind of surprised that this was 2007. Yeah. It, it felt like things we weren't even talking about until like three or four years ago. Well, props to P2. And I just want to do a shout out uh, to uh, Dr. Nerdlove, who is a regular on the One of Us net. He's one of us, but he he talks a lot about incels and how to deal with with your incel identity, if that's who you identify with. No, no worries. Stop it. But yeah, just stop it. But yeah, if you have any problems or if you're looking for advice, you should... Dr. Nerdlove. Yep. So, I just I I kind of liked this movie. Okay. I mean, I didn't love it. No, but I kind of liked it. That vehicle showdown in the end with the chicken sold me. That good, was good one moment. of my favorite parts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris, oh, uh, I do want to say specifically here. First off, I didn't realize this till I was doing my research. Wes Bentley was in the middle of a like three year long heroin bender. Oh yeah, no shit. And he said the reason I took this movie instead of doing stuff which uh, people were expecting more like why aren't you doing more little indie art films? It seems like after American Beauty that was the place where people wanted to see you. He's like I would only take films that would pay the most because I was going through so much heroin. My it's such an expensive habit. I did this without even reading the script. I just looked at the paycheck. You know, I was like, okay, you couldn't tell to watch it. I think he does a pretty good job on Maybe that's why he's so fantastic in it. I I think overall he does a good job, and he was the right guy to cast in this part. Also, I was not that familiar with Rachel Nichols, and now I am completely in love with her. She is, <laughs> Are you kidding? How hard do you miss that? I, I Maybe it was in other stuff I saw her, and I just it wasn't like She's Scarlet and G.I. Joe. Well, you know. Um, Case I, made. She is a beautiful woman, and she does a pretty good job in this film. I, she's a real stunner, and you feel for her. Everything is, we are following her through this whole film, and I'm, I'm, you can't not, if you're not on her side, 
then yeah, you need to listen to Dr. Nerdlove, apparently. I don't know. Um, the other thing is, a film that overall isn't terribly gory has one of the most striking, holy shit, gore moments I've seen in a movie in a while when he kills the guy with the who's car? strapped to a chair it's with really a car. Upsetting. Which so is good. very upsetting. And that's the first moment that he goes behind. I don't want to point out all of us are like, so upsetting, so upsetting, patience, so good. No, it was amazing. No, but I mean, that's a th- it's a horror movie. And I'm like, I kind of like it when a film is going to go to the next level for a moment. So I, I be- tend to enjoy more moments where it's like, wow, that was the one moment, then one that feels like that's all they got, and so they just do it over and over again. There are some exceptions to that rule, but nonetheless, it's really effective, it's really gory, it's deeply disturbing, and it's that moment in the film where it goes from Wes Bentley, yes, he's disturbed, but you kind of want to believe he's going to snap out of it and go like, fuck, I fucked up. Because he's constantly going, no, look, really, I'm sorry, I really do not want her, I would never hurt you, to like, oh shit, this guy is a complete psychopath and she's got to get the fuck out of there no matter what. Um, I, I think that works really well, but that being said, this movie does is a little slower paced than I'd like. And there's a lot of like suspension of disbelief for what that I was having trouble making for like you seriously. There's no way out of this. I mean, like I, the guy's not in that much command. There's lots of sequences where like there's like phones throughout this entire building, and I had a hard time believing because she's at points in the rest of the building, and you're like, what is happening here? Why is this not going this way? I mean, I know it's Christmas Eve, and it's supposed to be like okay, well, there's nobody on the street, sure, but I don't know. I I, I think. There's a certain ugliness to this. This film descends to a point where I'm like, I was kind of having fun, and now I'm not really having fun. Oh, for sure. I just want this to wrap up. I just want her to get out of it. And, you know, in in more of a theatrical viewing experience, I can see that's more effective in a scary way because you, it's that part of that is indeed you're, you want her to survive. You're like, get out of this shit. This guy's a lunatic. And I don't think it particularly paid off all that well at the very end. I was like, yeah, that was fine, but there was no other way this was going to go, I guess. I mean, it was it was a fine, but it could have been better. I'm just kind of mixed on this. I think there's a lot of good stuff about it, but it's definitely a middling effort. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, Rob? Um, uh, we'd, we'd seen this, like, in a theater, I think, when it came out. Oh, no. Yeah, no, I mean, um, it's fine as a time passer. I think if you're like a, a horror movie fan like we are, this is more up your alley than I, I wouldn't recommend this to everybody. But if you're like a horror movie fan, I'd probably say, if you're for something, I'd recommend it reluctantly. Um, I, I, rewatching it, I, I was a little nervous about y'all's reviews. I thought, oh, we're about to catch a lot of shit. Because I shoot on there because I remember it being very specifically Christmas. Like, because it's Christmas is what allows the movie to happen. And then, of course, Russ and I's favorite thing, which is, way to ruin Christmas, asshole. <laughs> and uh, which Russ, I, Russ says that, like, it doesn't have to be Christmas. No, Russ, just says that. <laughs> Russ just says that if I forget something. That's or whatever, our new you know. motto. Yeah, um, it's really funny. Um, it's a great line. It's, it's delivered well. Um, and, and Bentley sells the shit out of uh, that yeah. line. Yeah. Um, rewatching this, I, was, I remembered what my problem was, and I think it, you guys are going to feel differently. Uh, Bentley is actually the problem. It's not just him. It's... His character. I think that the pro- the way the movie doesn't work is the movie I thought about a lot rewatching this was Ten Cloverfield Lane because um, I can see that I, I love that. Ten Cloverfield. Like I, I just rewatched that recently and I, I loved it. And I think what works about that movie is that um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character is incredibly clever and she's smart. She's a formidable opponent. 
And so she continues to um, be capable throughout the thing. And so, her, and then I think Goodman is a good antagonist. The problem with this movie is that Nichols is great. Like I, I can see. It's weird when you watch the movie. It's interesting you brought that up, Chris. You can see that she kind of seems like she would have been a bigger star. And they, they, they tried to do that. They, she was going to replace Jennifer Garner on Alias. They, they sort of groomed her for that. Um, they tried to give her a series called The Inside. Um, they cast her in G.I. Joe. They gave her this movie. And for whatever reason, she didn't click. Um, you know, it's nobody's fault. She's excellent in this movie. Uh, she is distractingly good looking. And they, they put her in this low cut dress. It's, it's almost all you can do to watch it. Like, just as a red-blooded guy, like, it's it's incredibly... Her distra- boobs look fantastic. It, they are, and it's... But to a point, it's distracting. Um, <laughs> it, it feels almost leering and exploitative. And, and you know, she's, you know, obviously good-looking and... and, and um, But I, I just think that... they. they but, but I think what the problem is is that she seems like she's going to be that kind of character. And I think what the movie misses... It doesn't quite nail is the cat and mouse thing. And I think it's because the antagonist and her don't have this back and forth that the movie seems to almost get at, but then fails to deliver on. And you want her to have um, this thing where he keeps saying to her, "Um, I'm trying to help you. And and there seems to be an interesting conversation that they should be having whereby this bad guy draws this thing out of her. And there's a moment in the movie, it's actually one of the better moments in the movie, where she calls her family. And she's so sucked into work and stuff like that, and she's late getting there. And he makes her call her family to tell her that, tell her that she's not going to make it so that he can keep her there. And you can hear her, her regret that she's not with her family, that that's who she wants to be with. And the movie needs more moments like that where he brings out the other side of her, and it doesn't have that. The action It's of the movie, what a good nemesis is supposed to Right. Do. They're supposed yeah. to draw out this thing out of you and make you realize something about yourself and grow. And the movie doesn't quite do that in the way it needs to. And then Bentley, his performance is, I don't know, I don't think his character is very interesting. And the movie does one thing, which is it jettisons its backstory. It doesn't give him motivation. doesn't give him a history. just makes yeah. him this bad guy that shows up and terrorizes her, which in a sense could be scarier, but they don't play it that way. And Bentley gives this... He's kind of more irritating than I think, like, scary. Um, he's kind of obnoxious. Also, his fucking chest hair is so distracting. <laughs> if you watch this movie, he's wearing this, like, white shirt, and his chest hair, poke- it is, I looked at it in every shot that he's in. I could not not I honestly look at thought it. for a second it wasn't real. going to fucking default, I- like... I'm sorry. It's very. Because it's like chest hair. Well, his chest hair grows almost to his neck. Like it's not. It's very. He's a distra- werewolf. It's kind of like that. It's. I'm sorry. It's like one thing. Like as a director, I'd have been like, we need to shave that down, man. I'm gonna be looking. Okay, at so let me get this straight. But, you thought her cleavage was distracting, and his chest hair this is was a movie also about distracting. Chest. Let's be honest. That's what P2 is really about. It's about people's chests. Um, <laughs> one chest you preferred to the other, but you admit that both are. They're both distracting yeah. from from storytelling. Um, uh. There's an interesting scene where he tries to help her uh, at the beginning where she says, my car's messed up, and he, sh- he first shows up as like a security guard, and he tries to help her, but there's these weird microaggressions where he's um, a little forward, and he's a little, he mansplains to her about, she's like, well, I don't know about my battery, and he's like, well, you can leave the lights on, I see people do and she's like, I didn't do that, and he's like, yeah, maybe you did, or whatever, and she's like, okay, can we go in here, or whatever, and she handles it very graciously, like, trying to just get what she needs done or whatever. But I think it's one of the most effective scenes in the movie. It's just, it's like, it's like 
such a great representation of the way men and women can interact, where men are very um, forward and flirty or or very you know uh, condescending, and women have to navigate that. And I thought it's it's a, almost it's very subtle and interesting. And Nichols is great; she really nails it. And I wish there was more of that to the movie. Um, I think the third act delivers because she starts to be super proactive. And she's kind of proactive throughout the whole thing, but she's super proactive. And then it really starts to come forward to the way I want it to. Um, I guess uh, for me, this movie is just like, I, I see where y'all are at. Like, it's like, it's just okay. Like, it, it it's not boring, but it's not great. Um, it, it's good, but it, it doesn't really reach the levels that it seems to be going for and I just think it's not as smart as I kind of wish it was because I think that but I think the main thing for me is Bentley I don't think he's a good enough antagonist there isn't enough to him he's not interesting he's not drawing something out of her in the way that I want so I mean, anyway which is to say I think his performance is good it could have been written better I, I honestly think someone else could have done something more interesting I think his is like who would a, you have cast in that role out of curiosity I mean mm, God, I gotta think about. I should have thought yeah, of an answer to I don't this. Know. Uh, there's but, a lot of, but I, mean, I can say this. Uh, there's a lot of people. Like I just, I Jake think Gyllenhaal, oh, the God. other West Bentley. No, <laughs> but I mean, can we just say that this movie is way ahead of its time as far as the hashtag Me Too movie? Um, no, I but, mean, but I, I mean, think we're that portraying, it, but I think it's, it is and, getting at that, and mansplaining, and it's, right? It, it gets there. It's close, but I don't think. But I think the problem with the movie is it doesn't deliver on what it's exploring, uh, and that's if, why. If I could, but it's fucking close. Well, actually, patience. Well, if I was just going to pause it on who to cast. I would say someone like, say, Timothy Oliphant. Because I almost think someone like that is so good looking and cool that to see him sort of the Trojan horse of like, oh, he turns yeah. out to be bad. Really or hard like time that. believing that that guy's not fucking. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair, a fair point. <laughs> uh, uh, so I wanted to say about this movie, um, <laughs> more like P.U., am I right? Huh? No. <laughs> all right. Oh. Hello. Who am I? Chris Cox over here? Wow. Uh, I will say Are terrible you gonna title. Drop, like, is, okay. is this the best title they could come up with, P2? Seriously? Like, no, what was the level of the parking standard. garage <laughs> that they're Which they barely are on, on all the time. such right. a terrible title. Let's um, talk about Christmas. I, I had a, I had a um, re- real quick, because we did see this in the theater. I, I had just God. a quick story about what happened when we went to Evan see Peters. It. Evan Peters. Evan Peters. Evan Peters would have fucking acted Speaking of He was like in high school. I was going to say, he was probably in high school. He's too young, but you're asking me who I would. That's what I mean, is I want someone. I think that guy can do he that. Speaking of a, American yeah. Horror Story, though. yeah, if they made this movie seven years later. He would. I mean, I'm that. just asking. You know, whatever. So, sorry, Russ. Okay. Yeah. Oh no, that's okay. Uh, so I just want to finish my my story about when we went to see this movie <laughs> in the theater, and it was a. It, I can't remember. Like, I don't know if it came out at Christmas. It was towards the end of the year. It might have been more like Thanksgiving or something. But it was it was kind of an off night, and we went, and it was my brother and me, our friend, and my my girlfriend at the time, and. And we go to, you know, we're just like, we just want to see a horror movie. So this was like, you know, kind of, this was a kind of a horror movie to go see. And we go in, there's, they put us, it's in this super tiny theater at the end of the hall. You all know which theater <laughs> I'm talking about. And we, we rent that theater and it starts and you can tell the movie is slightly out of focus, which always drives Rob and I insane, particularly Rob. And, uh, and I, I think we waited to see if they were going to kind of fix it and they didn't. And I think the movie started and, um, I think we may have been the only people in the theater, maybe one or two people. And you just see Rob, he just shoots out of the theater and he he, he leaves and he, he comes back and he's oh, I, I told him, I told him. And so we're sitting there as as the movie's getting going and, and it's such a small theater, you you can hear the guys in the projection booth who are who have 
obviously super pissed off that they got <laughs> you know had to go do whatever they had to go to fix the movie there. And uh, and you just hear the one guy and he goes. Tch. This movie sucks. Which is why way. we shouldn't have to put it yeah. in focus for <laughs> great, great way to start the movie. Yeah. Um, so it's just a, on a personal note That's about the movie. Fucking uh, <laughs> um, also, I want to point out it's almost a similar um, premise to Better Watch Out. It's kind of uh, the yeah. same sort of story. Um, so this, you can definitely see Better Watch Out as a much better executed movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I, I do think this uh, this is uh, kind of the the sort of movie that that gives people who hate these kinds of movies a bad name. I, I just feel like it, it's 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 a little you know it's sort of exploitative. It's a little ugly, as as Chris said. Um, it, it can be a, a, a misogynistic, even though it's obviously trying to get at something uh, possibly a little bit more progressive. Um, it, you know, it's just kind of this this pot boiler. I do think it's slightly better acted and and directed than a movie like that normally is. But I don't know that I'm going to totally excuse the fact that it does. Almost lean into the lurid sort of exploitative nature of, of what the movie's uh, trying to do. Uh, on the West Bentley thing, I I sort of in the middle between both people. I mean, I do think, excuse me, he's. I don't think he's bad in the movie. Um, I do think, much like The Shining, he he already seems kind of crazy. So I, I, I that was back to sort of my my Timothy Oliphant comment. I, I wish that it had almost been that he slowly reveals. Um, what his plan is, how crazy he is, what what he wants from her, and she begins to be horrified that maybe it would have been more interesting if she was sort of like, oh, well, maybe I will hang out with this guy. And then slowly you begin to realize that he's nuts and he's planned uh, the whole thing. Um, the, the, the death scene, again, with the guy in the chair, it's so... I had forgotten how graphic it was. It was it amazing. Was, it was it's ugly. really... It was genuinely shocking. I'm picturing sitting next to patients where she's the only person in the theater laughing mm-hmm. like Robert De Niro in Cape Fear when that happens. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, I, I was, I mean, I, rem- I, you know, I remember this movie. I, I think I was kinder to it in memory. When I watched again, I was probably a little less enamored of the movie. Um, not that I was ever quite enamored with the movie. Uh, also, you know, where the movie goes wrong. Hey, look, it's a uh, racist voice stereotype. That was uh, when mm. he ca- talks to her on the elevator. That was definitely my heart sank, and I was oh, like, "This yeah, is pretty, really pretty terrible and heavy. offensive. This is more offensive than a guy that getting was. smashed in a chair with a car." Yeah. Uh, and same thing uh, as patients mentioned, you know, they, they kill the dog. I, I <laughs> you know, I never quite sure about killing dogs in movies. Uh, I, I always remember uh, when Rob and I had gone to see at a festival. We'd gone to see a recut of of Payback. And Brian Helgeland yeah. had talked about one of the big things about the movie was that he the, the dog dies in the movie and that the studio executive said, you never kill the dog. Never, ever kill the dog. And I always think about that because even though that dog I, – I, I see what Chris is saying. The dog's kind of a dick. But it's just you don't feel like it's totally the, it, dog's it's, fault. It's, it, it, the movie stops a little bit. Yeah, it's just it was the just the only like, time it's okay to kill a dog is if John Wick murders everyone else in the movie immediately afterwards. I don't and even, even know then, and even then, that's the reason he has to do it because that's how pissed off we all are. Yeah, that somebody uh, killed the killed, dog. killed the dog. Yeah, she could have neutralized the dog and it would have been fine. She could have and just, it would have been again. I think the thing that the movie needs more, which is something more clever. She right. should have seduced the dog. That would have been a good scene. Oh, yeah, dear. I, but I agree with you, Russ. That the 
I mean, I think there was another way to handle it. And the movie- I mean, there was like that. I feel that way about most of the movie. Um, so, anyways, All right. that was sort of my take. So, I feel like that overall, we're just kind of mediocre. It's like a, but I don't know. That it, what's weird is it's the movie doesn't aspire to more than that. I feel like it almost achieves its goal of being a meteor. Yeah, I agree, I agree with you. And uh, this Wes Bentley, like, stop doing heroin. This is a, he did, but he this, did. That's why he's now an American. But this is a, this is a two a.m. in a movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a movie you watch. Like this is your second movie of the night. Yeah, you watch you're just kind like, of oh, I'll just put something on already so we can fall asleep to some. All right, we're doing follow. All right, let's move on to our next film, which oh, is 2015's God. Follow by director writer Owen Egerton, who yes, like full. Disclosure is actually a personal, like, dear friend. I'm oh. close with this guy. Twist. Um, uh, we, in fact, have coming up very shortly his new film, his second film, Bloodfest, uh, which oh. is premiering officially at, at Rooster Teeth, oh. uh, RTX this year. We have a full, like, behind the scenes video where we did interviews and stuff with everyone. I love Owen. I love it. I, I feel like I get his sense of humor. I get him where he's coming from. And I will say, I feel like I'm the only guy in the room who thought this was fucking fantastic. I know Rob in particular not just didn't like this movie, but actively was mad at me for picking it. Um, but uh, what is the summer's summarization? Um, an inspiring artist receives a gun as an early Christmas present from his unstable girlfriend. Blacking out after a night together, he finds her dead by apparent suicide and slowly loses his grip on reality as he spirals into a nightmarish, shifting world as he tries to piece together what happened. Okay, now I want to start this one because, like I said, I'm I, I'm ready. I'm not... I'm totally okay with you guys shitting over all my feelings about this. Sure. One. But... Like, first off, I think uh, Noah Segan, who is a staple and modern alt horror right now, he's in almost, God, he's he feels like he's in almost everything yeah. that comes out that's, like, indie horror or sci-fi right now. Like um, what? What else was he like, in? A, a ton of shit. I, mean, I remember did, him from Looper. I think that was it. Yeah, he was in Looper. Uh, Brick as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, was, yeah was I know he's tight with Ryan Johnson because he's at Kid Blue on Twitter and they're always, they're always giving him a call. Uh, Mohawk, which is the new television Mohawk episode. Uh, it's in the mind's eye. The mind's eye, yeah. Tales of Halloween. Starry Eyes. Starry Eyes. I loved Starry Eyes, which you guys hated. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, he's one of those guys who pops Cabin up a Fever lot. 2. Yeah, well, you know, what are you going to do? Fanboys. Mm-hmm. Um, Dead Girl, Girl was amazing. Was it? And let's not go that far. Oh, come um, on now. I have very mixed feelings Oh, put it. that on the zombie list. Son. But he's R- one of those Rush. guys who's, been, who's definitely part no. of this crew of indie horror guys actor, director, writers who mm-hmm. all know each other and all hang out together like A.J. Bowen and people like that are like yeah, all friends. feels like that. Um, feels like that a lot, too. <laughs> uh, and Haley Lou Richardson here, who has also gone on to... Uh, that, like, chick's, that chick's blowing up. She's about to be a big thing. Yeah, she... Is, is it just me? or is it I a, didn't know she was going to be in. I was like, oh, is there, shit. Is there a big thing right now with girls with huge eyebrows? Isn't that a thing? Let's yeah, hope so. Seems no, like that's if, a thing. Especially if you're on off uh, the subreddit Awful Everything. Eyebrows everywhere. But she was Edge of 17. She was in, she was in Split. She's she's blown up. And Last Survivors, which I liked very much. But, But I'm like, I like this film because... First off, that op- that sequence where they're, they're, everyone's like, your girlfriend, you know you guys are about to break up, right? Like the bar he works at, everyone's like, guys, you need to get over it. You guys are not going to be together. And he's like, no, I love her. We're meant to be. I love her. And he really genuinely seems like he wants this to work out. He just, he knows that it's not working and he knows it's fucked up, but he 
deeply loves this woman. And he's even got a super hottie at work who's like, hey, I'm Miss Next right here. I'm ready. I'm waiting. I, I just, I know you got a girlfriend, but everyone knows that y'all, this isn't going to last. I'm, whenever you want, I'm here. Uh, and there's a sequence where we're like, okay, there's a lot of talk about the girlfriend, but not seeing the girlfriend for the first 20 minutes or so of the movie. And then the sequence where they're, they're making out, they're hooking up, and she's like, I, and we already know that he has almost kind of a psychosis about her. Like, I'm just, I want this to work so bad I'd do almost anything. And she's, and we know she's kind of morbid and weird. And she's like, put the gun in your mouth and press the trigger. Of course it's not loaded. It'll just make the sex really exciting. I found that sequence so deliciously disturbing in a way like, what would you do? Holy shit. Like, that's fucked up. Did you get a little like, bit hard? No, not in a sexual way. <laughs> you know, like, I just found it like, wow, I've never I seen was... anything like that happen in a yeah. movie before. I found that very disturbing and interesting. And then the flash to, okay, he wakes up, because we're like, did he pull the trigger? He wakes up, and the and you're like, oh, wait, now she's dead. Wait, what the fuck happened? Like, watching all this play out and him just losing it as it went along and going from a guy who is a guy everybody likes. He's a cool guy at work. He's got, like, other hot chicks hitting on him. He's, like, like everybody wants him to get away from this girl to descending down this ladder of, of like, I've just, I've just lost it. Uh, even to the point where he's got to kill Potsy from fucking, uh, 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 from uh, 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 Happy Days, Donnie Most, <laughs> who was the landlord. If, if I'm not mistaken, he's Ralph. Oh, Ralph Mouth. I'm sorry, not yeah. Potsy. Ralph Mouth. Um, who I didn't recognize at all. I was like, oh shit, that was Ralph Mouth. I really loved the look of this. I loved the things that Owen was doing that were just little ticks of like him, his uncertainty that she's not, maybe she's not really dead as he's slowly going down this rabbit hole. I, I found this whole thing really fascinating in a very repulsion sort of way, the Polanski's repulsion. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this in the way that you enjoy something that makes you feel of horror incredibly uncomfortable while you're watching it, which is exactly what it's supposed to do. Um, he also did what Axe Murders of the Silica? No, 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 no. No, that's... no, no, Mm-mm. no, no, no. Okay, never mind. <laughs> he wasn't associated with that at all. Uh, not like as an actor. Wait, who are we talking, talking about? about? The director? Owen, yeah. No, Edgerton. he's not in that. He, no, I mean, he did. He also he, he was as affiliated with it, wasn't he? I don't think so. He's acted so. in a bunch of oh, stuff. Oh, okay, maybe. He, yeah. But, like, like, only small things. Um, well, that's and weird. He's, oh, yeah. The, yeah, he was the he's writer. He was a writer of Axe Murders of Villasca. Yeah, what? he was the writer. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So that's why. I, put yeah. me in orthopedic shoes because I stand corrected. Uh, <laughs> we hung out with the director. We yeah. out with the director. Hold on. Uh, I have to come back to that. That's the greatest line I've heard fantastic. all time. Put no, me I, in orthopedic shoes I, because I, I stand corrected? Listen, that's just that's just one of the many brilliant things that I say on this that podcast. Really, no, you win. You are. You be, I, uh, I'm just not going to no, say I didn't know he okay, did Axe yeah, Murders. He, well, he, he wrote, wrote it. Because we're buddies with the We know the director. I'm not making any more jokes for the rest of the podcast because I'm not going to beat that. So. Russ, you need to do that at the start of every I'm podcast. I'm going to hold you to that, Chris Cox. <laughs> so we hung out with the director of the Axe Murders. Well, he was at, he was at Other Worlds when we were. Okay. Yeah, I'm getting shit for no and And they're like, yeah, well, we're Hey, look, Bill's not here anymore, so we got to name drop some people, all right? God 
damn it. So Jesse Owens. Um, yeah, that's right. Jesse uh, no. Bradford. Sorry, Jesse, Jesse Bradford. Jesse. That's Jesse. I don't know Jesse Owens, but I wish I did. Who told Hitler, fuck you, I'm the fastest man in the that's world. That's how Jesse much Owens? I pay attention. Phil would be friends with Jesse Owens. <laughs> that would be true. All right. Okay, but sorry. Uh, sorry. sorry. I'm with Jesse Bradford. <laughs> Uh, thoughts on this movie? Sorry, Jesse Bradford, who doesn't listen. All right, to this I'm going to jump in on follow. No, no, I got this. I okay, no, you're last, um, Mr. Hatred. Okay, last, one of the things I really liked about this, it is filmed in Austin, and so it was so cool. So a lot of the, like the bar scenes are filmed at Skylark, which is right down the street from where we to- live. Carlos and I have been there several times, and so I'm like, oh, that's the Skylark. You totally don't work at the Skylark. Stop lying! But it's good to see the it's good to see the hometown represented. They're drinking um, not Oscar Blues, unfortunately. Those Fuck fuckers. you guys. Well, and you know what? Um, They're lost. Yeah, exactly. Um, there was. I did have. I mean, I think I liked this movie more than the Summers Brothers, but I didn't like it as much as Chris Cox and his nepotism. Um, <laughs> Just, that's not why I liked uh-huh. it. Sure. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm just teasing. I mean, it probably didn't hurt, I'm first to admit that. I mean, like, I'm always like, I love the Summers Brothers shorts. But, you know, I mean, some of that because has to do with I, I love, love the Summers, the Summers, Summers Brothers, Brothers yeah. it's hard, shorts. It's hard to separate and the two. That's I'm fair. not yeah. allowed to not say otherwise. Um, no, I, I did... I think I like this movie more than the Summers Brothers did. I think that he makes terrible decisions, which really fucking annoys me. Mm-hmm. Like, he just makes the same bad decision mm-hmm. over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And then the flashback. Put down, Summers. Uh-huh. <laughs> Can I agree with my friend? Witness. Um, and the flashbacks where um, the... Where they're trying to build the relationship between the couple just isn't enough. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't quite do it for me as far as, like, I don't really care about these people, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, I just never once, like, feel connected to any of them. And I'm just not sure what the whole point of, especially the ending, the, uh, one of the the there the one person I did like was the kid that sings the Christmas carols. Who actually is a guy in Austin you can pay to come sing and Christmas I'm carols. And I'm gonna do he that. He does stage show stuff and like he's like he's I, he puts himself out there. Who's yeah, like I, he's I, I, a neat a, dollar, he's a I, deaf a deaf guy I guess who like sings and I, like he's actually pretty good. I love <laughs> it. But I mean, he's an idiot. She's psychotic. I I just didn't. I mean, I didn't connect mm-hmm. with either of the characters, and I just didn't see the point of it all, especially the ending where he essentially kills the one chick that has it, it like, is it... Okay, so, please, tell me. So, if the main chick, the, the love of his life... Olivia is Grace so, Applegate. Thank you. Is so in love with him, why is she fucking every single other dude in the whole entire city of Austin and recording Who, it? by the way, is uh, like the girl in your you guys' movie Song to Song. She was in that. Yeah. You, love, you love your Song to Song. I mean, no, all props to the actors in this movie. And Krishna, which I've not seen, but people keep raving about. Uh, so. But to, to Patience's question, that is a very good point. I, I just I don't agree get with it. you, and and it it goes to the the muddled nature of a lot of the stories. That was that was my that's I mean like it's clear this guy's stuck in that sort of like I don't want to believe it, I don't want to believe it, I don't want to believe it. Like that's kind of the whole thing is he's discovering how 
over the length of how terrible she really but it, was. But, 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 I mean, but I if she's so psychotic because, that she wants to murder suicide. Yeah, because each other, if, if she feels that she, way, then why is she worried about him exactly. going away to New York? Yeah, and going to Columbia when you she's think she'd be like, "This is great. Now I can be single." Thirty-seven you dicks. Have, you've sucked thirty-seven. You guys have been lucky <laughs> enough to never date a woman that crazy. I, however. Have been unlucky enough three or four times to date a woman. Well, I'm almost sure. Got it. I don't think you're answering I, the question. I mean, like that's honestly, a I, like that's funny, but I don't think that no, answers the but question. But I mean, like the idea, like you, when you're in a relationship and you've been in one for a while, especially if you feel like there's a strong sexual connection when you're younger, you're like. You you overlook a lot of shit, and That's I think in fair. any given relationship, I mean, like, like plot you know, holes, like, like plot holes is what you're saying. I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't think there's any plot holes here. Well, okay. one of the my, what I think one of the strongest points of the movie is how he is just trying to figure out what to do with her body, and so he like he's just like he puts it on the couch, and then he puts it in the bed, and then he bathes it, and then he puts it back on the couch, and he like dresses it up, and I feel like that's actually like. Like the, I mean, that's a genuine stage of mourning right there. And I thought that was one of the strongest elements of the plot was just like, what the fuck do you do when you wake up from a bad drug induced coma and you find your significant other like has committed suicide, but you don't know if you killed her or not. And you're just like, what do I do with the body? And you're not ready to let go. And I thought that was a legitimate plot point of this movie. I really thought that was the strength. Mm-hmm. This is video. Oh, oh shit. Oh. All right, we're social mediaing while we're recording. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna go ahead and move on with the rest of the show. Summer's Brothers. Um, so... Wait, should I go before? No, you do you have something to say? What do you I feel like Russell should go for four. I guess. I mean... I'm gonna go first, because okay. then you're gonna scorch her this bit. Uh... uh do my job. Do my job. Okay, sorry. Do my job. Shot loose. All right, go, go ahead, ahead, Russ. Go ahead. Um, uh, I felt there was, uh, uh, you know, I rooted for this movie. Obviously, it was clearly shot in the Austin area. It's got kind of an indie indie film vibe to it. A very '90s almost uh, indie film vibe. But I don't mean that in a bad way. It was like filming Hyde Park. Yeah. Um, real quick, there's a twin in this movie. Right? What? Is it the sister? Yeah, the sister. That seemed uh, contrived and and not. I it, it felt thrown in there and it very confusing. Is it just? Oh yeah, that's that much room. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's the twin. That's the only thing I'll give you. That I found that like was that's like the there, only thing. there had to have been a better way to do that. Yeah. It so. was dumb. Um, first of all, this seems like the worst couple ever to go on a double date with. <laughs> I just, I just, uh, why would you want to be around these people? Uh, okay. Let me just, re- real quick, you know what this movie was to me? It was, who does that? Who does that was all I thought when I watched this movie. Who gives their significant other a gun for their Christmas or whatever it is? I, I was just like, you, you give them Texas, a gun. And they shove it <laughs> yeah, in but Not in the way that not, this movie not, does. Yeah, yeah. And, and then she gives it to him and she's a. Well, I'm fucking. He's just, he's like, yeah, put it in your mouth, and he's like, and don't you? He's like, well, I'm gonna check if it's loaded. Well, don't you trust me? No, I don't trust anyone when it comes to loaded guns. If you've ever been around guns, you would know that is a horribly unsafe, ridiculous thing that you would ask anyone of any real intelligence or capacity to do. That to me was just, I was already like, and it was just like dead end. Oh, okay, so. It's going to be everything after this point because Cooley's going to put the gun in his mouth. Sorry, 
I I don't feel that way about anyone in the world. If my twin brother said, hey, put that gun in your mouth. Don't you trust me? Did you see if it was loaded? No. I don't trust you. I don't trust anybody but myself to check a loaded gun. You Same, don't trust Bob. I don't trust Rob when it comes... I don't trust anyone when it comes You've to a loaded gun. clearly never been on a film set with these guys. <laughs> the, 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 second, the, the second who does that is... She has this horrible line about... If I died or had a stroke or something, what would you do to me? And it was just like... Again, who says that? Like, if my girlfriend said that to me, like, what's going on? Are you okay? Are you sick? Do we need to get you something? Why would you say something, like, ridiculous uh, like that to me? Same thing with the, the I'm blanking on her name, the... the Haley Lee Richardson. Haley, yeah. She runs out of the house. She's escaped this house of horrors. And what does she do? She stands in the doorway, yeah. just kind of like, whatever, hey, made it out. Not like anyone else in the world would do, like, I'm just going to keep running down the rest of the street until I find a police car. No. Uh, the kid was singing a, oh. Oh, my God. I rest my kid. case again. I would run right he over that kid to go find a fucking show. police car. Um, so that that uh, really annoyed me. Stars. Um, We've had an unusual lack of us singing Christmas carols this episode. I appreciate that. Hey, you're welcome. I really don't. Um, the next thing I wanted to say was, uh, I, I know we were just sort of like, it's kind of funny, like, oh, it's Ralph from, you know, Which I didn't Happy Days at all when I was But I, I, I love, in, in movies like this, you, you do see these actors who I think don't, you know, they've had kind of big roles and other things, excuse me, like TV shows or, or movies, <laughs> and they... And they um, they don't really get a chance to, to to spread their wings. They're so identified with a role. You know, it was great to see Don Most in this movie, and and he was good. He was one of the better parts of the movie. Um, on, on the same note, with the who does that, they have the whole thing where he throws the drugged food out into the front yard again. Stupid. Who, who does Bad that? Decisions. Who would ever throw something? And all I thought was, well, this is clearly going to go somewhere. And then immediately, the first thing I thought was, some poor animal is going to eat that. that dog, some poor which was animal eats that. To us the scene before. Yeah, I it's, just that was. I, I, I kept. I thought about that, and then I went, "This guy is already in the middle of a psychotic breakdown. <laughs> the dude's not thinking clearly." I mean, and so I went, "Okay, I get it." I, I, I feel like you're you're. Elaborating on something that that is implied in the movie, I just I I don't I don't I mean it's just like you're excusing bad writing. There's a better way. If that's what you need to happen, there's a better way for it to happen. Rather than having a character do something that no one no one in the world, even when you're crazy, you're going through a breakdown, thinks I'm going to go throw food in the front yard. And it's just it just it was silly. It was silly. It didn't it didn't work for me. I don't know. I, again, I didn't. I can't work up enough ire to say that I hated this movie or something. I was I was fairly indifferent to it. And once I realized the level that the movie was going to be on, I just sort of let it go. Well, I mean, for me, I understand the fact that even though he alludes to, the, to like, him being possessed by his ex-girlfriend or whatever, and it's clear that he understands that she's dead at the same time, that sh- he knows, like, he knows she's dead, but yet he still is like, oh, she's going to kill you, she's going to kill you. I do think it's bad writing. I really, really do. But I think that the movie tried. And I think that as far as some a lot of the movies that we watched, I think the movie tried. I love I, Rob is just sitting here. I, I wouldn't time say, anyone says anything positive, here's Rob. I wouldn't no, say that no, the movie no. doesn't try. I do no. think the movie tries. I just wish it had... I don't think it's necessarily an unambitious movie like the way Dead End is. I just... 
I wish there had been something more to what it was getting at. And it got to some really which, ugly places. Did you that like this better than Dead End or no? I mean, I like most movies in the world better than Dead End. So, <laughs> yes. Yes, like I did this? like okay. this better than I mean, Dead I don't think it's, it's a bad a, it's movie. It's not a high bar to clear. It's not a bad movie. And I... I that's all I can say. All right, guys, ready? You, you know that Wrong. sound. You know that sound when people scrape a fork on a plate. That that, that I sound. I love that sound. Okay, well, you know what? No, and that's what I hate you, that sound. Right. Okay. No one likes that sound. So watching this movie, I resented being on this podcast. Oh, come like on. I no. Let me tell you why. It's not that fucking. It's not bad. like that. What, what I what I hate is that. And this is this is actually the worst part is that this is not made by unintelligent or talented people. I mean, that's very clear to me. And it's not, you know, you know, Haley Richardson's in this. Like, this is not, this is, and I think that's what's frustrating about movies like this. But, guys, I gotta ask you, like, what the fuck is the point of this movie? Like, I mean, I mean, like, I have to say, like, I'm conflicted because, like, Chris knows this person and, I, and I'm gonna say some stuff and I, I don't wanna be offensive because obviously people are talented, but, like, what the fuck is the point of this movie? <laughs> like, what is it getting at? Like, I mean, what is it getting at? Like, what, what is oh, it? No, wait, like, wait, 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 hold on. Yeah. I'm curious because, like, like, you could ask that of, Almost any movie ever made, and a lot of movies and have an answer for that. No, but but a lot every movie should but a lot have an of answer movies for that. You even love. what's the point, Chris? What is the thing, guy? Chris? What what, what are is we John getting Carpenter's? The what thing are we saying guy? about this guy? What, what are we saying about anything? Oh, this is amazing. I but I mean, what do you? But no, I mean, but like, that's my point. Like that's a nonsense question when you're bullshit. talking about art. I'm like, oh, oh my god, that is the that is the point of asking what is why I engage with any art. You're telling a story about characters. It doesn't have to have a. This is exactly. This what is you're the most. To come dude, away with. this Carlos movie has. Poor shots what right are you now. talking about, though? I mean, like, but I'm saying, like, okay, so this guy's in a relationship with this girl. She's obviously troubled. He kills her, I guess. Not from <laughs> um, but then what? Like, what, what are you saying about anything? Like, what, like, thematically, like, like my English teacher, like, we had this English teacher, and he would say, like, so what? Like, so what? Like, so what? So the guy kills his girlfriend. Like, what are we saying about anything? Like, Hold what on. are you saying? Hold on, I'm, I'm going to go make some popcorn right now. But, I, but I'm just, what but I mean, better seriously. better watch out saying? Whoa. But Better Watch Out is an entertaining film. It does have something to say about, about... But I found this entertaining, so... Why? Because it was incredibly well shot, I thought it was that, very well. Movies acted. being well, look, I, I that stuff has movies own, being well shot. That is dude, the, this movie technically is well made. Like I, I would not disparage the the, the craft of this film. I, mean, I, I would I wouldn't I wouldn't disparage the acting. I wouldn't disparage the the direction. I wouldn't disparage. I wouldn't. But I mean, when I watch this movie, all right, there's this weird. It's about toxic relationships. No, but what... Okay, so... Okay, so what? I mean, what? so what? So you could say that same thing to anything that anyone ever Chris, said about what any movie Chris, is this about. Movie, but this movie doesn't come to anything. Like, at the end, you know, Haley Richards almost escapes, and he pulls her back in, but what is it saying about that character? Like, his journey, his... He doesn't... There isn't a thing that they set up about him that we explore and it grows in the movie. It, it, it isn't like that. Do, like, do, do you know what this movie is missing? It's the thing that Rob and I always talk about. Where's the scene... And I always say this about movies. Where's the scene where two characters sit down and they talk about, this is what's going on. And this is how I feel about what's going on. This is possibly what I've learned about what's going on. Is there any scene like this... In the movie, there is at no all. reflection in this movie about what it's doing. First so it's all, like, uh, can I just say real quick? I'm sure. sorry, I'm arguing with you during your opinion, and that's inappropriate of me. That's so I shouldn't do that. I should let you just say what you're saying. It's fine. I don't so. care. No, but it's right. You should just go. Yeah. But what? I, I will. I will address my concerns with what you say after you're done. 
Well, I just, I watched this film, you know, there's a weird thing where I feel like the people making it, again, you know this person, so I don't know them, and I'm making an assumption, I'm telling you, like, what I'm watching as a person who's just, uh, like, watched this movie not knowing these people. Yeah. There's a weird thing where I feel like the director is almost working something out personally. And some movies, that's great, but with this movie, I don't get it. Like, it feels like this weird thing, like, I met this girl, and she has these, like, sort of fantastical qualities about her. She's sort of ethereal, but she's also sort of troubled. It's stupid. And I, and I think, like, watching it, like, you know, there's, like, this weird idealization. But in in a sense, like, I feel like there's this thing with, like, the women kind of throw themselves at this main character. Why? He's just, he's not interesting. He's not special. And the movie doesn't explore it. It's just, like, Hilary Richardson's like, I want to move to Colorado with you. I never fucking bought that for a second. Why this chick who's like cool and funny and gorgeous wants to move to Colorado, this guy who has literally nothing going on. And then this other girl who's sort of interesting but troubled or whatever. And it's like, they have this relationship, but nothing's going on. Like, I mean, like, the movie only is that way because the, 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 the he's writing it that way. Like, and then this chick, like, she wants to move, but, you know, she does something. Why? Nothing about this movie functioned for me on a way that I believed it, engaged with it, or thought there was any thought to it. Like, it, and then the and then it becomes this thing where like he kills her, maybe, and then the other girl shows up, and they like traps in the basement. It just doesn't go anywhere. Like, I mean, like P two at least has some shit. It's ex- <laughs> what? No, I think that's funny that you're like P two is actually better than this. But it actually is. Tr- it actually is exploring these ideas of like the mansplaining, the toxic stuff. Where, and I feel like it, it kind of is coming to a point where like, the, and the main, the female character, you know, uh, you know, rises up against it. She's already dealing with it, but she's more passive. She's sort of letting it happen. And in the end, she becomes like she she becomes proactive. She fights against it. And I think there's something actualizing in that movie. This movie doesn't have that. It just doesn't. And and I think that. I agree with you. Uh, thank you. But 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 watching it, I think mostly like I thought. About halfway through the movie, I thought, where's this going? Like, I don't care what happens to these people because I don't care about them. I don't care what's going on in the movie. Um, you know, I didn't believe anything that was happening in it. And that's not to say that the movie... Like, you know, they had that scene at the beginning where he's in the water and she comes out of the water and she's like, you know, follow me here or whatever. And, you know, I was like, okay, this could be interesting. Like, what's happening? That's just not the movie that the rest of the movie is. And, you know, in the end, when it comes to the ending, like, it's not... Okay, first off... Not a fucking great horror movie. Like, there's nothing scary about it. I mean, it's kind of, you know, I guess there's some psychological thriller stuff going on. But I I just, there's also some weird misogyny to the film, I felt like. Like, the way it treats female characters bugged me. It felt, I don't know, it, it, it troubled me. Like, I just felt like they were, they were um, either sort of, they didn't have... There wasn't a thought to him beyond like this idea that there's sort of this sexualized person who puts a gun in your mouth, or they're this sort of idealized, you know, girl next door thing or whatever. And I just it, it felt weird to me. Like it, it, I never bought it or was interested in it. I don't know. I'm, 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 no, no. I, I mean, I I, I definitely had a problem with the female characters. I, and, I, and I just think like, I, and I, but the problem is also because the male characters aren't fucking interesting, the male and we don't deal with what terrible. I mean. Like, what's going on with the main character? Like. Is there an arc to him that I mean, yeah, you're right, he's having a psychotic break, but why? Like why? Like what is it about I, him? I, what are we saying about him having a psychotic break? I, it's just I, I mean, I honestly thought that it was the, I mean, the main female character, um, the the love interest, uh, Olivia Grace Applegate, right? Correct? Uh, uh, yes. Um, she was just 
She's having. She's, she's obvious, just many pixie dream girl bullshit, yeah, she's and it's not interesting. Psychotic. No, she's not. She from the beginning is a completely psychotic character. You're just like, how is she a manic pixie dream girl? She's on any level. No, that's exactly what he she is. Looks, a, she is no, not. The movie presents her no. in the sense that he looks at her that way, but never to the audience is she presented that way. No, I mean, uh, I, she, I, I, I actually feel the exact opposite as well, and I don't think it, it detracts from the movie. I mean, I, overall, I didn't. I did not dislike this movie. I guess as what much I felt like is like I don't. Did, but. It's like we're gonna get to like Silent Night, Deadly Night, but like yeah. that movie's at least a delivery device. I didn't like that, but it's a delivery device for like boobs and violence and like dumb shit or whatever. It's some dumb fucking exploitation movie. This movie obviously wants to do more, but I mean, I I I feel like. Okay, I did not like the way that the women were represented in this. But movie. that is the point of the fucking movie. You understand what I'm saying? Like, it's about his yeah. relationship with these women. So the fact that he, I mean, like, a, it's kind of just like weird. Even like, the sister was like, "What? Uh, come on! Like, if your fucking just, sister, especially your twin sister." Um, is like having a psychotic episode and gives you a Christmas card that says, "We're already dead." Like, are you not gonna re? Just like, call the police. Yeah, I mean, are you not gonna fucking like break down her door and rescue her and take her to a mental hospital? I mean, I, mean, I just, I guess, I guess I'm asking like, why am I watching this movie? Like, it's not scary. It's not funny. I, I think like the women are. Um, it's not these, funny. It's it's not. I don't think it's, it's ever it's sort of. Gr- I know, but I know, but yeah, it's, it's sort of grim. It's it's sort of very it's sort of dopey. I mean, like I don't think it was dopey. But it is for me because I don't feel like the people in this movie are interesting in some way. Like they're they're playing these sort of tropes of like like I said, like the girl next door, or the sort of like you know um, troubled but beautiful girl who wants to have sex with you. Like ugh. Like I just. And in the end, it's not scary or suspenseful, so it's not that kind of movie. Um, it doesn't have anything to say about its main character's, uh, you know, um, attitude towards these women. He doesn't grow or... I mean, like, I, I don't know. I, I didn't get no. it. I, I did not want to finish this movie. No, I finished I it because we watched you. this podcast. I mean, but under no circumstances, if, if we were not doing this for a review, would I have ever finished this movie. In the interest movie. of, like, moving on so yeah. we can finish the, the sure. last movie, I just, like... I'm gonna wrap it up just by saying I don't agree with anything you're saying. That's fine. <laughs> except Which is for, not big shock. Ex- except for the idea that yeah, I agree. This did feel like something that was a personal film, like it was based on personal experiences, and I feel like that's why it feels and masturbatory I feel like to me. I shared. Yeah, but what's wrong with art being about personal experiences, Rob? But if you could, because. If your no, movie's effective, your personal is universal. Uh, uh, For me, no, this never transcends so you're the, arguing this personal all, thing. You're arguing that art should be for everyone, and I totally disagree. I think that's an insane perspective. That's an insane. You're seriously arguing that if this is, I feel like what you're saying. I feel like what you're doing is, is taking what I'm saying super literally. If this is accessible to okay. everyone, then it's bullshit. Well, then fuck it. <laughs> Let's move on to the next movie. I'm sorry, I just like I. No, I feel I feel like you you want you want to like nail me on my particular no, semantics you, you, rather than than my than what I'm trying to say. Okay, and so that's fine. 
I just like for me, I'm like I know exactly what he's talking about. Which is what I've been. Explain in this, it to me. I've been in. Yeah, explain it to I've me. I've been in. I watched the movie, Chris. Hey, 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 hey. No, but explain it to me. I've been in these. What are you? But you're telling me you understand the movie, Chris. and I'm asking you. That, tell me what the movie's about that I'm I didn't get. Literally talking, and you keep talking over me, trying to tell you exactly what you were asking me okay. to tell you. Okay, I'm listening. I've been in these relationships that were dangerous, and you couldn't help yourself. That you're doing stupid shit that you know is stupid. But you can't help yourself. You're like, I think this is what I want. I, I know that this is going to work out. I know I'm going to find a way for this to work. I don't think it has to be about, like, we were talking about P2 and Better Watch Out. I don't think it has to say anything feminist. I don't think this movie's saying anything misogynist either. It is from the point of the view of the man of going... It's really easy to find yourself in a relationship that started off strong and ends up going to a super dark, psychotic, no regular person would do this without the experience of having been through that relationship and building up to that point. Because I've been there. I've done stupid Chris, fucking you're shit. Still not at the explain to me what it has to say about that. I like you're like saying. I I, you're saying it sets up this situation, no, but, you keep saying, but then it doesn't say anything about you that. You keep saying you didn't. What is it saying about that? It. it doesn't have to. How many movies? There's billions of movies. Most movies okay, don't look, end with a point. You go. This is the point. We can double underline totally the movie is trying and, and to let me set. and let me weigh on this. I mean, I think that the problem with the movie isn't that it's not believable. Because yes, I have been in a lot of relationships that were I never that once questioned psychotic. the believability of the movie. But I just think that it didn't like the writing didn't make me connect. The writing did not make me connect with the couple right. as. Like I just didn't feel like I was like oh I mean they're a milk toast as far as I was concerned like I well maybe that's just because I'm psycho I'm like I always smile when someone says that word because I think it's a funny word is it milk toast yeah and it, the way M L M I L it's just a funny word Q U E it also makes me hungry for milk toast yeah okay but um <laughs> I love us um no I just I feel like. Yes, I get what you're trying to say, Chris. As far as, yes, this is a believable situation. I get that. But I also get what Rob's trying to say is it didn't actually do a good job. Well, it sets up the situation, but so what? You don't care about the people. I just don't understand what you mean by that, I guess. I'm you like, don't care about the, the plot people. goes through story. No, but but I did. So okay. clearly, like some, some people did. Some look, you look. So you recognize. Look, you recognize the situation. I recognize the situation, but I don't think it has anything to say about. It. Like, I feel like he's just. Re- I feel like the movie just re- reenacts the situation. It adds this extreme element to it, but thematically, it doesn't pay that off. It doesn't. It doesn't go anywhere that actually makes sense. It, it, you know, he he. Haley Richardson shows up. None of these things, like as a disciplined screenwriter, makes sense to me for what he's trying to get at. Like, I don't, in the end, think that there's a thing that I could point to and say, the movie's trying to say something. And so, yeah, you're right. Like, you recognize the situation. I recognize the situation of, like, a bad relationship or whatever. But in the end, I don't think the movie has a point of view about that that is that goes anywhere. And I think it's evidence just by the way it ends. Like, it ends with him, like, grabbing Haley Richardson. That doesn't, in some way, comment on anything the rest of the movie is about. So I mean, honestly, in my notes, I was like, what's the point? It is. 
Well, we've addressed the fact that we have strong disagreements about the film. So let's move on to our final film. But we definitely love Owen Egerton. Uh, We love Owen is one of the nicest people I literally know. I've never met. I said literally. Shit. Set up. You said a few times already. Fuck. You're behind on that. Sorry. Snap the bracelet, bitch. Fuck. Well, I haven't said yet. That guy fucks. So I'm going to say it. That guy fucks. Oh, really? Good for him. That's my new thing. Okay, what are we doing? Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, 1984. The most obvious Christmas movie we could have picked. Well, except for Black Christmas, which we did for our final girl I would actually say this is even more obvious than Black Christmas. But, you know, I've never seen this before. I had never seen this movie either. And, And part of the reason is because when this came out in 1984, there was a massive and really well-funded smear campaign against the movie. This was Because banned. people Heavily. were so offended. I'm so Christian. I'm offended. Which, you know, Santa Claus has absolutely nothing to do with Christianity. So you explain it to it's me. It's stupid. But, uh, like, uh, nonetheless, they were actively setting up protests outside theaters. And I was 14 and I kind of bought into the idea of it, even though I was just then getting into horror movies. I, I, I just want to do a little, like, a blurb here. Leonard Malton, uh-huh. who is one of the most famous movie critics of all time, said, Has a great podcast What's right next? The Easter Bunny as a child molester? That's how strongly they Where's felt. The, uh, wait, let's read this wait, su- summarization yeah, for this, yeah, please. Uh, it's your turn. Uh, Roger Ebert I also equally uh, came down on this super heavy. It's weird to me how... I think this is... It's so weird to me watching this now that there was such a reaction to this yeah, movie. Everybody was... And, and yet it wasn't even the first movie with the Santa killer. You know what it is? That's true. Huh? There was you know what it is? There wasn't a lot going on in the 80s. There they was like four channels unless you had cable. Like, it, you're bored. It was, like, it was the marketing. You're just going to get mad about some dumb it was, movie. It was the marketing. It was the choice to market it with a Santa Well, why wouldn't you? That's the best. The that's the whole hook. Yeah, that's the hook. But the other movies that had done it previously had not done that. Right. It was just about awareness, which is why they were not thrilled about it. But anyway, real quick. Russell Night, Summers Night. with <laughs> the summarization. <laughs> you can do it. <clears throat> after <clears throat> after his parents are murdered by a criminal dressed as Santa, a tormented teenager goes on a murderous rampage in a Santa outfit, triggered by his memories of his parents' murder and his childhood orphanage where he was abused by the mother superior. Okay. All right, let me let me go first on this. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't Do wait. Do it. Because okay. I have no idea. I've not gotten any impressions of what you guys thought. Oh, about really? So, Patience and I talked about it. Really? But oh, I have no wow. idea what you guys thought. Well, okay. We didn't want to be involved in that. That's fine. Um, hold on. I'm looking for my notes here. What's, uh, oh, come on. I feel like this night was silent, but also deadly. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> I see what you did. That was a fun thank joke. You. Thank was, you. Thank once you. Again, Russell oh, Summers. Can you do it? Russ is killing it. Own it. In a raw head Rex voice next time. Never. Never. Um, On principle alone. So I'm sorry, Rob had, I had to do never a seen shot this movie. right now. Um, I suspected that this would be uh, like a sort of terrible drive-in VHS type um, exploitation movie. Uh, it, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, it is this terrible VHS junky amateurish drive-in um, thing. And it's also one of the movies that I dread we're going to have to watch on these on these podcasts. Like, it's just going to be this junky 80s horror movie. Um, so, uh, it, it, this is this movie is really violent and um, in a way that I was kind of like, whoa, this movie is pretty, pretty violent. Um, so, you know, be prepared for that. Uh, first off, a couple, couple notes to that. What is that fucking weird country song they play 
in the remember they have a montage where he's being in, like he's getting his job. Bro, don't even front on my eighties montage. That was my favorite part of the <laughs> well, movie. No, I mean, remember I, that I was listen, I just wanna say I was unprepared that this movie would have an eighties montage. Yeah, it has an 80s. as a connoisseur of the eighties montage. This one was super sweet and has super it was sweet not. country songs. What is in my on? in my notes, I have "Yay Camel Toe" '80s montage. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You know what? There is. It even has the nod, like where the but, store owner sees him doing a good job. Yeah, um, and he gives was, him the yeah. That kid's all right. Um, I just think that they they saved a lot of money because a lot of the the, so the carols in this I was, are original. I was made th- into okay. So Christmas, I was thrown Christmas. at the beginning that there's another Santa killer. Who is basically like the guy who kills his I family. love that Santa killer too. He was great. He really, what I love is he's like kicking it at the like 7 Eleven and he's gonna kill this family. Yeah. Um, he was on <laughs> a Santa spree. <laughs> like, that's what's going he's on. Like, I'll have a jelly donut and a bottle of anything to go. Yeah, to go. And, and also, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna kill, kill that. And also, uh, so I gotta borrow that station where I'm gonna go uh, kill this family. Oh. And then, um, I didn't did. understand why they didn't pull into the gas station. Right. That's so, what I thought for sure was gonna know. He had to drive a couple miles right. and keep doing it. Um, side note, uh, so the main character, uh, who is this incredibly bland um, '80s actor or whatever guy, who looks like a refugee from Sleeper Summer Party Massacre, except he has more hair. He has more hair because all those guys have modern part of modern uh, ma- male, male pattern baldness. Um, uh, they go to work at Iris Toys. Um, oh Iris Toy Store sucks. Like as a kid, like, no, no, you no. would never want to go to that toy it store. It's like a store okay. that your grandmother would want to bring you to, and you'd yeah. be like, "What are we?" It's so junky. Here? It's like it's like some store that you remember as a kid that your parents needed some other thing. I actually you- disagree with that because I'm like I'm going into a toy store full of 1984 toys. No, no. I want I want those sorry, toys. Show me that scene where there's a Star Wars section. Wait, wait. I was just about to say no, no. There's no Star Wars section. What they have is a shelf of six Jabba the Hutt toys. That's their fucking Star Wars section. It's fucking terrible. No, it almost seems like just a section. Right. Like a toy section rather than a toy right. store. Right, exactly. And they seem to just film like one shelf. Yeah. Like it's, over and over. It's not Barbie, it's Skipper. Right. And then this shelf the shelves are filled with Stomper and Super Garage. Okay? Like as a kid. Those are the shitty toys. So yeah. gave you, you're like, oh, thanks. Whatever, like bro. when your parents are all, what do you say? And you're like, don't want to say thank you. The super garage. You Anyways. You can't have Legos. You get an Erector set, which, by the oh, way, you actually need a college degree. No, I'm having um, and then, <laughs> then they Then they throw the Christmas party. Dude, worst office Christmas party <laughs> ever. Yeah. It's like five good. people. Everybody's drunk and they're and so excited for and it. And then too. there's date rape. All right, I it's mean, like the it's, worst it's, office Christmas I mean, party. Honestly, it's like the quality jumps on this copy <laughs> in certain scenes. The movie we watched, did you guys notice that? Um, certain scenes, like it'll go like super grainy. So I think there must be cut out stuff in the uh, copy of this that we watched. I think that overall, oh, yeah, there's the asshole guy at work who's like the '80s nemesis guy. Um, that he's up against or whatever. Yeah. That guy's like drinking like J and B out of a bottle during his lunch break. Yeah, like brazenly. Like patients can identify. Right. Okay. I don't um, know what you're talking about. <laughs> so uh, overall, this is just a bad amateur slasher film. Um, I think it, it's been elevated in stature because of the controversy. But as like a like this is just a bad movie. Like this is on the level of lesser Friday the Thirteenth or you know any kind of bad. 80s slasher flick. If you like that, you may find some value in this. I think it's terrible. Like it was a it was a chore to get through this movie. Russ, I did not. Did you do you feel the same? Okay. Um. So <laughs> I wanted to say, uh, Doctor, do you concur? Oh yeah. Damn. I love. Uh, no one. I love the beginning of the movie 
where the parents have dragged the kids to see the the dad who's in the the home seem like a really long way to go to hang out with the dad for like twenty minutes and then they just leave. It just it just didn't make any sense to me. That being it is the, the weirdest scene. Too, it's a where weird the grandpa scene. like comes back to. But life. I actually see. I disagree with you. I thought that was a really neat moment. Okay. I thought like it wasn't particularly handled in kind of a bad like eighties kind of slasher way. But the idea of the the grandpa sort of comes back sort in, of in, a, in a better film and sort of a Krampus style film. I think a better director writer would have done something really interesting with that scene. Okay. So I did think the idea of that was was actually. Uh, really cool. Uh, actually, I enjoyed the robbery. I enjoyed the interaction between the robber and the uh, the evil Santa. Like they kind of like have this little banner together, and then the guy robs him. And then I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool. Uh, the, it was. Listen, uh, <laughs> you know what I wanted to say was, do you guys heard the kid punches out the Santa? Yeah, oh, <laughs> you guys heard that? Like, like punches him, like out. knocks him. So did I. <laughs> like knocks him out cold. Um, it's a strange sort of draggy first half to the movie, which is, you know, like all the movie, you know, it was like when you were a kid and I know at, listen, as adults, and I, I feel like we look at this with rose colored, colored glasses, but remember when you were a kid? And you watch? What are you laughing? What are you laughing? I, like, I was just thinking about this movie. Throughout this movie, if you like a movie where kids get traumatized, have yeah, I got a movie this, for this you? Movie, this is movie. Like, this movie is the pinnacle of children getting traumatized. Your, your, your name may be Patience yeah. um, um, until Rob Zombie remakes the first Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, exactly. Come on, <laughs> but but uh, uh, so I. I lost my place. Uh, so what I what I want is it's a, it's a strange uh, draggy first half and like movies like I just want to say movies like as a kid you remember watching Jaws and Superman and all you thought was why is this taking so long to get to the good stuff? As an adult you sort of realize like oh that is the good stuff. But that's what I felt about this movie was oh my god how long until this actually becomes a slasher movie and it's probably like. It's, over, like, it's, it's like 45 to 50 I would minutes say it's in. All over half the film uh, for them to get to that part of the movie. It's it's like they're sort of like, in order to justify this movie, we're going to ex- examine the anatomy of the psychology of how someone becomes a killer. Like I this. wish there was like, that much thought. Like, we give a shit, like, why this guy becomes a serial killer. We just want to see him dress as, you know, Santa and start killing people. It's that like would they, have been a cool movie. They, they bludgeon us with that. Um uh, also, I just wanted to point out, and and uh, the, addressed as the Santa guy, he he has like a bow, and he somebody gets his axe or something, and they he grabs the bow and arrow, and he kills the person with the bl- the bow and arrow in the middle of the toy store, which means basically that this incredibly uh, lethal bow and arrow set was available for kids to buy in the middle of this store oh at my any God, time. I'm, so, kid's I'm toy. so happy you brought that up because it that's was, fucking, like, really? Guys, you, we're all, like, yeah, we're being, 40s, uh, we're being a little there pedantic. There were actual deadly bow and arrow sets in kids' stores. I don't know, man. Not when you can kill somebody. It wasn't until, it wasn't until the, the, the only send in the, the, the UPC code Boba Fett that anyone's started going, hey, that could choke someone. That they started reconsidering all that shit. There was deadly toys. I also wanted to say, was anyone else annoyed that the killer never pulls up the Santa beard? He just wears it sort of like on his chin so you can see his whole face. Really? You know what? This is so... Because the movie half-asses everything. 
It was just, I was just annoyed, like, pull the fucking Santa beard up, man. Be Santa. Yeah, be Santa. Um, That's something that you found wrong with this movie. Yes, and then I wanted to say, I remember, so towards the end of the movie, there's the the two kids who are getting ready to go for the sleigh ride. Sure. Who look a little too old to be sleigh riding, but that's beside the point. I like sleigh rides, motherfucker. But the one guy was kind of funny, and I was like, I wish the rest of the movie was more about this. I wish the rest of the movie was about sort of these wise-ass 80s kids who get stalked by this evil If he had Santa just been an evil... I mean, like, I wish the movie was just an evil Santa. Like, I wish it had, had a, like a five-minute intro where, you know, the kid gets traumatized. Yeah. And then, boom, we, we, we follow these this other group characters, of, of characters yeah, and then it's as the Santa, Santa shows up and kills the fuck out it, of them. It was... I, I, what I felt like, because the movie had so many different permutations, was it was almost like a interconnected series of like stories that happen to have this one kid and then it sort of pays off with this Santa slasher thing. Uh, hey, you know what I want to say to these filmmakers? Way to ruin Christmas, asshole. Way to ruin Christmas, <laughs> Way to ruin Christmas asshole. Uh, on a, on a, a final note, what I, what I looked up was... Who made this movie? Charles Sellier. Do you know who this guy is? He's mostly a producer. Do you know what he did? Uh, produced things? He produced and made Grizzly Adams. Oh, that's right. That's right. Which I fucking loved so, when I was So a he kid. made the Grizzly no, Adams. For I those mean, of you who don't I know, it was sort of this very 70s, like, outdoorsy TV it, show. But that's where, about like, all. Where this, like this, kind of, this kind of guy. Bear. And he has, like, a yeah. giant beard, and he befriends this bear. Does he and pull the, his beard up all the way? Uh, and luckily, he pulls his beard up all the way. And so, but, what, but, but this guy... Jesus Christ. Never made, like, movies like this, except for this movie. Yeah, he makes, like, one... He makes this movie, which almost sort of... Exploitation flick. Very, very much, like, reveals that it must be... He must have been like, we gotta okay. make one of these Friday okay, so 13th This, is, this movies. is one of my favorite facts about this movie, is he couldn't film the death scenes. Yeah, he had to he was so editor. he had to hire someone, so a was co-director. His, it was his editor who he yeah, had his yeah. editor step up and direct and the gore scenes. Exactly, yeah. right? Because, because the rest of the films this guy made it. were these family-friendly or Christian-oriented movies. For a very long, somewhat fruitful career, this is almost an outlier. I just thought that was almost. This, this is the definition. of an I thought outlier. it was just uh, fascinating. Sure. Anyways, all right. Um. Well, I actually, I think I. I didn't like this movie as much as I liked some of the other ones. Um, this movie's it's, a chore. It's pretty hilarious, It's weird, though. though. Would you rather watch this or, or Slumber Party Massacre? I think I would probably rather watch this than Slumber Party I, I Massacre totally 2. Really? Yeah. Dude, they're so similar and they're, I, like, I mean, they're, they are a little bit sim- similar, but, I mean... I mean, the grandpa... Okay, he's a fucking dick. Who does that? Like, who just is like, Santa Claus is going to come for you, and I'm going to pretend like I'm comatose. But he was, but he wasn't fucking asshole. I don't know, I like that scene. Maybe he exists in the same universe as Rare Exports, where there's no good Santa, it's only bad Santa. No, I mean, there's Maybe Rare Exports is a sequel to Silent Night Deadly. To give it that kind of, like, credit... I went, I went to Catholic school, so the nuns, I think I have PTSD a little bit. They're, they're, they're two of the, they, that's like, actually the most interesting thing in the movie is the way they treat the kid. I honestly have been beaten with rulers. But was this a trigger movie? Yeah, I mean, oh, I wow. feel like I had a little bit of like... Dude, the nuns had it coming. Uh, that's fuck a those bitches. But, but, but I think that's actually the most interesting thing is where the, the one nun 
doesn't get the, it. Who is the real villain of the movie? Yes, and that she, bitch is fucked yeah, up. I'm like, you're she, like, yo, I spent the whole. But movie the movie going, does end with the kid going, bitch. "You've been naughty," yeah. and I wish the movie had punctuated that even more. Like, oh yeah, you're going down. I spent the whole movie waiting for her to be the most spectacular kill, and, and then she like, doesn't nah. die, and yeah. you're just like, why? Although I do want to say there is some. And, and you know I'm a gore hound. There is some nice gore in this, especially mm-hmm. the point where um, the antagonist skewers one of the babysitters on the antlers. And it's Leanna Quigley. Was, yeah, and, Leanna Quigley, Scream Queen. Yeah, and sh- it's like slow Trash mo. From Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. yeah, I love her, but it's slow mo, and it just like. Like, okay, do right. When I was telling you before, (laughs) I I was telling her before she saw it, I was like, "This is a patience movie." Yeah, because I love the gore. It's 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 dumb. I don't disagree with you that, but it's dumb in the way that every no 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 the movie (laughs) that every slasher film in the eighties is, with the exception of the original Halloween, which is seventies technically, is dumb, but. Every kill is not boring. It's like it's graphic and like they're trying to be. Well, it just sucks because I wish that was the movie. Yeah. Well, and I think that's what made the movie for me. I know the plot is terrible, the acting is terrible. Like, oh, there's nobody yeah. good. It's, 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 it's a terrible. Every eighties. Yeah, exactly. Fact. I mean, this is 1984, guys. Like, like yeah. we have to cut it some slack. No, but the the gore in this film, especially when she gets impaled well on the antlers. Is fucking fantastic. I would have thought it was Tom Savini had I, I not known any better. I was surprised the degree to which I enjoyed it was the gore amazing. here. I thought, they, I, it was I thought the film well on that level was competently made. Yeah. I, 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 but I thought also, above just it being convincing looking, it was creatively conceived of the gore scenes. Yeah. I was uh, like, yeah, yeah, these yeah. are cool kills. But that's the problem, is exactly. I wish the movie was fun like that, right? I, like, it's I, not, I it's not think fun. It, but I, I thought it was fun. fun. Yeah. But I thought, uh, I, I agree with Anyway, Chris. I'm sorry. I, I'm getting no, no, my no, review no, on no, top no, of yours. No, no, so no. Go. I mean, I, we were totally agreeing with each other, so uh, that's all I had to say. I mean, I, I thought it was a fun movie. I didn't, I mean, it's not Krampus fun, but no. it's a fun fucking movie, and the creative... Better watch out, Krampus. Those are fun. This is not fun. Creative, come on! You guys can't give a shout out to the creative use of gore. Come on! No, well, give I think it a what, I, well, patience. I think what we, I, I actually, I don't know about Rob, but me personally, I agree with you. I was even saying with the, the slay scene, I enjoyed that aspect of the movie and. The, 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 the two guys are getting ready to slay and then Oh yeah, the, the decapitation th- thing was well, pretty cool. But also the two other guys show up and they kinda give them crap in like that kinda funny, kinda almost dirty, like eighties way. And then the one guy gets killed. And I wish the movie had been more like that. Same with him coming into the house with them and, and killing her the way that she did. And 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 I think that's always frustrating when you see that the film does have potential and doesn't live up to it. So well, I think that, that I, was the problem. I, I mean, I think, it, I think it lived up to its 1984 potential. Yeah, that's, that's exactly my point. I no. think that yeah. for me, I, I always say anybody who goes, The Godfather's a masterpiece, <laughs> but who could sit through Nightmare on Elm Street? Which, for the record, lots of critics were doing back then stuff, saying things like that as if you could even discuss both those films in the same sentence and compare them. It's apples to oranges. Even within a genre, you have to discuss films within the context. I am not going to discuss this film in the same way that I'm going to discuss uh, Jacob's Ladder. 
or right. or 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 uh, uh, the Exorcist or Silence of the Lambs. I'm not going to do that no, because true. they're not the tight same type of right. film at all. You have to discuss this specifically in the continuity, in the context of. 80s and 70s slasher films. Yeah, but we're talking 84. And I mean, uh, go ahead and finish your point. And and in that context, and having seen a lot of these, and I will, I I will cop to admitting slasher in horror, slasher is one of my least favorite of the horror. I don't actively dislike it, but I find it often the least interesting of the genres. Wow. This is so much better than the giant bulk of 80s slasher films. This is, for one thing, I love the fact that it actually gave the entire first act to creating a villain who you genuinely feel bad for and even kind of like that as a total break with reality that you're like, yeah, I can't pu- I'm surprised it didn't I mean, happen it wasn't sooner. Yeah, it's dumb that why would he even get a job at a toy <laughs> store in the first place? But once again, in the context of a dumb 80s slasher film, which there are probably thousands I'm going, this is one of the higher moments in that. I I genuinely a, I genuinely enjoyed watching this film in that in with all of that being said that yes, it's dumb. I think the kills are occasionally kind of spectacular. The the the, the deer horns one is so well I done. Spit, I mean, come on, the antler kill is and fucking it's creative. Amazing. It actually has Rob fun with, is literally yeah. biting his tongue. It has know? fun with the Christmas themes. Um my only real complaint once again, I, I feel like I have to say a hundred times, this is a movie for people who are looking for an eighty slasher that's worth watching, is that the nun had to get it. And she didn't. I was Fuck like, why nun. didn't the nun... The nun's head should have exploded with a fucking rocket launcher dildo or That's something. That's why the movie you know? is a disappointment. I was, like, uh, I was like, they spent so much time in the first act setting up the nun as the real villain, only for the end to go like, well, I guess she's not. And you're like, wait, no, she totally is. And maybe that betrays something with what Russell was talking about earlier with this guy, everything else he did was family-friendly shit. Where like, even you didn't get that you were doing this wrong. Like it's disappointing. It ends that I, way, man. I feel that's, like that's great. I feel Rob. like you guys are ascribing, um, like when we talk about this that's movie great. as though it's good. It's terrible. Like it's a terrible junky eighties movie, and it's from eighty four. Like Gremlins and like you know Night of the Comet. Like oh Night of the Comet. Night of the Comet. Like great movies come out, and I just think. This, this wasn't is, that bad. The Night of the Comet was a high. Was it? This is a. This is an amateurish, low budget, crappy movie. Would you say that this was the worst of the the bunch? Oh no, no, he hated Follow. Clearly. Well, I, I Follow is different. I I, I I I feel differently about it because I'm frustrated by it. But um, this is bad in the sense that I'm like, this is just a bad low oh, budget. Oh, the one thing we haven't pointed out here, which is something like, even though obviously all these late 70s, 80s slasher films had degrees of sex and nudity, of all of those films, I have never seen as much sex and nudity in a, a slasher of this period as is in this movie. No, and, and I would say, There's and that's what that's of one of the things, there really to, is its credit, to its Other credit, to its credit. Other Party Massacre too. There's which no, Silver Party a, Massacre does not like have a lot of boobs or violence. Yeah. yeah. There no, are only, titties everywhere. No, there's not. not no, there's no, there's not. not. Only there's one girl gets any. naked in that movie. Yeah. 
and, and, it's and even then, the it's Playboy brief. Playmate who's with it's the not star. a Playboy Playmate, and, and it's brief, <laughs> and it's and it's particularly it's 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 done in a in a they're like having a pillow fight way. There's yeah. not it's not a sexual. This one's scene. pretty much if you're chick this is like and you're in this movie, you're gonna have a extended naked scene before you die. No, it's like. The mom almost gets like almost gets gets, gets, gets assaulted by the guy. Quigley. Didn't Linnea Quigley just kind of disappear and she's just not? She didn't even get killed, right? No, she's the one who gets impaled on the. Oh, is she? The, I got confused. She's the babysitter. Okay, is she the babysitter? Yeah, as well? she's the babysitter. Confused, yeah. uh, this movie is. I mean, this movie's junk. Like, I mean, it's a low budget. It's great, but 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 I, but I, I'm sad I feel because like we always disagree about like not being able to appreciate junk when it's great junk. And I feel but like it's not you great don't junk. Have that? Capacity. This isn't great junk. I feel like you don't have the capacity to appreciate great. What, I disagree. I mean, you guys consider great? Well, what do you consider great junk? I mean, I, I mean, for me, obviously, I have a wider spectrum than Rob does. What do you consider well, great junk? Well, I think one man's treasure is another man's trash. Oh, like okay. I, okay. well, you know, you but but, but my point is, is that. I wouldn't say things that I really like are junk. Like, I think this is junk because I think it's just, it's, the problem with this movie is it misses the fun of its premise. Like, Santa, a Santa Claus killer coming down the chimney, hacking people up with an axe and a bow and arrow, like, that's awesome. Like, I want to watch that movie. We don't have, even in a Christmas in July episode, that movie, except for this movie where Santa Claus is this, you know, Jason type killer. That's a great idea. This movie doesn't, it does it briefly, where he goes and he kills Leona Quigley, like, and you guys keep coming back to that, where he impales or whatever, like, it was this sort of fun, Freddy Krueger, Santa Claus is Freddy Krueger, like, killing people, but the first half of this movie is unpleasant, tedious, really long, long, kind of ugly to watch, like, it's gross, like, it's just like... Well, I mean, but that's, it's only problem is that it doesn't pay off with the killing of the nun at the end. The no, part, no, no, the first but, part no, would, that's exactly But that. I, I consider that first part a benefit because no other slasher spent this much time setting up their killer as a sympathetic killer. I don't. Who's just a lunatic. That's because, you, know you know why you don't do that? Because it sucks. I just, and, like, and it's I boring. Know, it's well, tedious. I want to say, um, to your point and, and to Rob's point, my, my take on that is I don't know that you totally need to – I think if you'd set up the, the character with just – the first couple of scenes of this movie, that would have been enough because I don't know that a, a slasher movie needs to set up the killer's psychology as much as it needs to set up the, the, the people that he's going to kill psychology so you care about them and you're interested in them as he begins to kill them. So I feel like that's that's one of the problems with the movie. Is that something that 1984 movies did, though? Yeah, I mean, no, I, I don't agree like, with that. I, I feel like in 1984 they were just like, "Here's a killer." No, but, but I mean, no, we spend a lot of time on something like Nightmare on Elm Street. About we don't spend a lot of time with Freddy Krueger. We spend a lot of time with Nancy and, and the kids who were getting killed. Same with Halloween or Halloween. You spend time with you spend time with Laurie Strode, not or with Michael even Myers. Kirsty and Hellraiser. I mean, I mean, like I feel like a lot of the classics. I'm putting air quotes of of slasher horror from the 80s are happy accidents and that only appeal to certain people not oh yeah this was very calculated to do what they were doing and i think there's nothing wrong with that there's a lot of movies that but are we're really still fun but, but even then accidents. even even under even under that uh, uh characterization what's successful is that you focus on one thing i think this movie needs to set if it want to set the killer i mean it's like halloween if, if you take this movie and you transport it, you, you, you line up with, with the way Carpenter efficiently executes Halloween. You see Jason's psychology. He's this kid, he puts on a mask, he kills, you know, these people in his house. You wait, know, we come down, they go, what? You said Carpenter, you meant Michael. 
Yeah, Michael Myers. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, so, so I'm saying like the beginning of the movie, we see Michael's psychology, but we don't spend 40 minutes on it. We spend five minutes on it in this spectacularly. But, but that's a very different take. No, it's it. not. No, no, no. Because this is my point with with Silent Night Deadly Night is that for the Santa Claus Killer is a cool idea. And I would prefer a movie where that's kind of what's going on, where we set him up like he, you know, as a kid, he has this awful experience where Santa Claus kills his family. And then um, we cut to these other, we cut to Liana Quigley as his babysitter. He shows up, he's killing people. That's the movie I want to watch. Like, I I like that. You want to watch him work in the fucking toy store with this stupid fucking antagonist, like, co-worker? It's dumb. You don't want to... Cox. I I love... No, wait. Hold on. But you don't... Cox. I love... No, no, wait. Let me finish. Do you want to watch that that movie? Yes, bad. It's a bad movie. I will come back and rewatch this movie. Will you not, Patience? I, I don't think I'm gonna Cox, watch this. I will. Movie. Cox, I, mean, I love you. You no, will no, never watch this movie again. I'm gonna watch the sequel. We will. You are. We are. You are never. First off, you're too busy. But even if you weren't, you'd never be sitting around like guys. You know what's great? Silent Night. Silent Night. Like, let's watch this kid no, no. go through a horrible childhood wait, for like 40 minutes. Let's, let's watch Silent Night. I think, Deadly I think night. you guys are being a little over. <laughs> <laughs> Let me do the actual cuts. Um, okay, um, so excuse me. Um, let's watch a brilliant exploration of a killer's psychology <laughs> so, inside of a slasher movie. <laughs> um, it's better than Halloween. It's, no, excuse me. It's better because you know I you know Halloween spends five minutes on Michael. Myers psychology. This movie spends close to an hour. You guys but it's not done or anything. Like, anything. Like, it's really boring. Did his impression where he even did the single finger push the glasses <laughs> up on the? That's always like this. You know what I love? I'm really disappointed I, that you didn't do the raw head Rex. Uh, I did never. Not in many years. I did. I started with the raw head Rex. That's why Russ knew we have at it. But you know what I love about Chris Cox. I've known this guy for like a year. What would we know each other? Two fucking yeah. years. In that time, Chris Cox has never pushed up his fucking glasses. Never. Listen, listen. Not in reality, but in my mind. Time. Yeah, that's, that's right. all he does. You're exaggerating, Chris. In your Silent Night, Deadly Night in version of Chris Cox. <laughs> no, I bought that thing from the jerk that I don't do. Yeah. Okay, so all right, let's um, wrap up Christmas and horror. No, I got this. Um, I one of my favorite things about this assignment was that the Christmas horror episodes multiple, I thought that they were really diverse. I mean, we had slashers, we had paranormal, we had um, Finnish Krampuses with elves with their dicks out. Uh, We had love stories. I mean, there was just we uh, so many different genres, I think. And I think that the overall aspect of Christmas and horror was like you can do whatever the fuck you want well, as long as it has a Christmas tree. So so I thought a lot about Shane Black when we when we when we talked about this assignment. Yeah. Who's a really big screenwriter. I did too. You did? Yeah. Okay, right on. So he wrote uh Lethal Weapon, um he uh directed Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Love uh that he's doing um movie. he did Iron Man Three. He's now he's doing the Predator, Predator sequel. Yeah. yeah. But his big thing was he also was like – but his big thing before just recently was that he was a super high-paid screenwriter. He's kind of a rock star screenwriter. Like when you write movies, like you kind of worship this guy because like he wrote these super cool scripts 
Um, he got paid zillions of dollars for him. Like he wrote Long Kiss Goodnight, which was like a four million dollars screenplay. I actually like that. Right, of course, underrated. Right, right. Thank you. Okay, I'm so glad we all agree right. on that. But, oh but, my god, we well, all like Long Kiss Goodnight. That scene tonight. when she comes up on the wheel from underwater with the guns blazing, I'm like, it gives me the chills. Just but uh, but but Shane but yeah. Shane Black um, sets a majority of his movies at Christmas. Uh, Lethal Weapon, um, you know, so. That's kind of what he does, and I mean, I, all of them, right? Uh, he said, "Bang Bang." All of them. Kissy, almost all of them are set there. Some of them. I'm is there no. one that isn't? Uh, there's probably one or two, but last Last Boy Scout is yeah. in there. Oh, fucking yeah, Last Boy Scout. Scout. No, I feel like that has Christmas. No, no, it does. Too. I'm I'm saying it does have Christmas. Yeah, most of them do, and and they, I, think, I remember them asking about it. And he said, like, it's such a good um, backdrop because you're in this world, you know, and I think that. The world of Christmas, like like we were talking about, like there's a tension between your expectation, you're stuck with your family, you're probably not at home, you know, you're probably traveling. All of these things are good setups for what a horror movie should do. You know, things are just unusual, they're off balance. And even just the psychology of Christmas, which is filled with anxiety. Well, right. And so, and so I think... Um, Patience was saying, like, you know, uh, like, as a kid, you love Christmas. As an adult, you're like, fuck this shit. Like, I want nothing to do with this. Like, it's super stressful. And I think that... And yet it still has a hold on you. Right. When you were a kid. Just that, just that conflict alone. It's very, it's very, it's also a very heightened time of the year. Yeah. It's just everything seems more important or seems to have uh, a, a bigger a bigger value to And you things are ending. On. Yeah. You know, it's like the yeah. end of the year. It's ending. Yeah. There's a sort of hope for new stuff, but it also... Requires things to stop, right? A reflection on what's come before. I mean, the one plus side is lots of ham. <laughs> I, how is that really <laughs> spiral yeah. cut? Spiral ham. cut ham? Honey, are you is, me? is it bacon? Uh, oh, I, I would say more on the plus side. Cookies. You're not true. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Russ. Cookies, cookies are good too. Um, and it's cold. Bread. It's not. 104 degrees like it is in Texas Yeah, yeah right which now. means like we're like summer everywhere else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Holy shit. All right, Christmas in July was fun. I think Yay! next we're probably looking at uh, anthologies. horror anthologies. Yeah, horror anthologies. Yeah. Uh, and so we always want to hear from you guys. It doesn't mean we're necessarily going to choose your picks, but if you guys have stuff here like really – We will weigh one, your opinion, period, no Honestly, if it's one we – like don't get say creep show. Yeah, we know about creep show. <laughs> you know, Try if there's something – and there's something you're like, here's this one you may not know about that I genuinely think Well, like cool. Dead End, like things like that. They're very helpful. Yeah, it's like, let us know about stuff we may not, that may not be on our radar. There you go. Yeah. And I think you should definitely recommend stuff that the Summers Brothers will not like because then you could have a little revenge on them. Oh my God. Making them watch movies that you hate. You know, we try and actually pick movies that we think we're going to like. Like, uh, I mean, I, you know, I pick, you guys like to pick on me for my recommendations. Two shows in a row for the Well, weekend. you troll us a little bit. I do not. I never have ever picked anything. You know what? Thinking you're going to hate something. So you ever. thought, so when you were like Life Force. I do sometimes. You were uh, like. You guys admitted you liked Life I, Force. Listen, not only do I like Life Force, I was on your side and I said, this is the kind of movie I we need to agree. Or, or we need to uh, a review on this podcast. You're right. You're right. You're right. I've always said that. I've always right too, Chris. never yeah. picked anything based on what I thought, like thinking I want one of these guys to enjoy. In other words, this it. isn't a reality show where you pick an asshole to throw him 
him in the mix because yeah, you think no, you're going to get everybody upset. I mean, like this particular episode when I picked Follow, which was my pick, I was like, this is the one I want to pick in here that nobody else has seen, is because I felt like it was a very different Christmas film than all the rest of the. And Christmas I and films. I and I'm and you know what? I'm always glad to explore a new movie like. That's why we do this thing, you know? Like, I want to watch a movie and have an experience. Whether I like it or I don't, I want to have a strong reaction to it. I don't just want to be bored or whatever. So, I do, I, you know, I appreciate that. Uh, on that same note, yeah, I actually, when, whenever we have to do the the more classic horror movies, like when we had to do, uh, say, American Werewolf or something, I don't feel like I have as much to add to that. That movie's been talked about so much. I'm more interested in the deeper cut. Uh, yeah, even, films. yeah, something like Silent Night, Deadly Night. Like, I'd rather talk about Dead End or Follow. Whether I like them or not, like, yeah, it's kind of painful to sit through a movie that I don't enjoy. But I, I look at it as, yeah, but I'm going to have a really good talk about this. That's why it's worth it. You I know do it I mean? so much in my 100%. life that, like, I don't even think about it as pain. It's just business as usual. Well, I mean, as well, that, but, but, but when you watch it, like, when you watch it, like when you, even when you actively watch a movie, you probably because I feel like it, like Russ and I like hate movies. You know, like I I deeply hate them. But I feel like you are more chill. Like you're more philosophical about like um, this movie doesn't work for me. I'm mixed on it, or I don't really like it, or it doesn't come together. Like you're more um, forgiving of it in a sense. Like well, I have to watch these movies. I finished this one. This is one of several movies that I watch. That's because you know? he has digital noise, well, which I, is I, like the worst of the worst. I, I, I try to address things in the conceit of people who already are thinking this is the type of thing I might like. You know, like when we're talking about Silent Night, Dead, Deadly Night. Nobody who is like. I loved uh, Hereditary is going, maybe I'd like something like that. You're right. Like, but. I, but I can see, like, you know, you show that movie at the draft house or, like, some fucking packed screening or, like, every drink of beer and, like, they're going to go bananas. Like, they're yeah. going to they're gonna think it's hilarious. They're going to think it's fun. They're going to cheer for everything. But I, even if I was at that screening, I don't think I would have as much fun. Like, I think, like, True. we would go and we're, I would be we're like... We're different people in that way and there's nothing wrong with that. Right, right. No, no, no of course not. I mean, that's what makes us cool, yeah. well, I know about cool we, have, but... we have very different perspectives on things. Which and I, like, is good. I, I have, like, over time, and largely, you're right, because of digital noise, because I've been, like, I'm watching tons of obscure stuff. I've got so much you shit I'm throwing out. shit, dude. But I watch a lot of stuff that I would have thought was something I wouldn't have liked until I was like, fuck, I gotta watch this and go... Wow, I actually kind of enjoyed that and learned to like new things. I love that. The, like, I, that's part of why I started doing this in the first place. And, and, I, and, I, and I, think, I feel like I have a lot of accessibility towards that sort of like, I'm talking to you guys who like this sort of thing because I've done this so long now that I get where you're, the balance of what a film like Silent Night, Deadly Night for people who like dumb 80s slashers would go, where, here's where we put this on the scale. And, and, and as a fan of, of horror movies, all, I mean, we're all fans of horror yeah. movies, but I want to say that, like, I really appreciate the listeners that have reached out to me and were like, I didn't like horror movies until I started listening to Deliberations yeah. of Doom, and now I'm watching all of these horror movies <laughs> that I would have never watched. I mean, uh, watch the 80s slashers, please, because they're, I mean, they're, that's what I like. I mean, maybe it's not your thing and that's I, fine I mean, if it's but not, that's but. how I fucking like you know learned yeah but, I mean I watched some stupid ass shit in the 80s but I do think when a horror movie works when it when it nails it when it lands like like better watch out or something when when you watch this movie and it lands 
the excitement that I feel, you know, is so like visceral and yeah, great. You know what I mean? That's like it, it's it's it, it lands in a way that even if I watch a super emotional movie like Cinema Paradiso, which I love, I love that movie. It's like one of my ten favorite movies. But there's a way that horror movies land, like when it when it when it when works it hits, or something. It hits. Yeah. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. And I just Russ and I like we will geek out, like we will flip out and just talk about it. like we talk about like John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness or something. Like, uh, that's a movie that thank you. I will talk about Russ and I will talk about. We will watch over and over again. Like I, I just. Love it. That's I one love of the it. First movies we talked about right. before we met. Right. It, I mean, it's like, and it's like a shared language because horror movies are not something everyone loves. They aren't, man. I talk to people all the time, and like, I'm just not going to watch that. Like, I don't want to watch horror movies or whatever. But when they land, when they work, and and you're a fan of one, and you share that, it's so amazing. And yeah. you know, and I think that, um, I think also like horror exists in a way that other movies do not. Like, it's visceral. Like. You know, to watch a great scene in a horror movie where, you know, the you don't know what's going to happen next, you know, like, I mean, just like we're saying, like, we better watch out, like, you know, you push that girl down the stairs, like, I literally didn't know what's going to happen next. Like, I felt like I was out of my comfort zone. Like, I understand movies. I understand the structure of a screenplay. Like, this needs to happen at this page. This needs to happen at this page. He pushes that girl down the stairs, and I thought, I, I don't know what's going to happen next in this freaking movie. This you is know? not and typical, what's, what, like, right. And I was like, yeah. I... And I was like, oh, I'm fucking ahead of this movie. I see why Russell... But, but beyond just the idea of, of horror films, you know, beyond just the scares or the, the sort of amazing, you know, suspenseful sequences, the, the scenes where the characters deal with what's happening that is beyond their control, beyond their understanding, is is really amazing in a, in a really good horror right. movie. Right, and, and I think, like, I, don't, I think I mentioned this on the last episode, but, like, um, there's this idea, like, Harold Bloom, he wrote this book, like, about the Western canon, about, like, all the great books or plays or whatever in Western literature, and he talked about the strangest of art, and I think that horror, more than any other genre, goes into that, you know what I mean? This idea of, like, something where you're like, you're like, it was weird, like, I, like it wasn't... I, it wasn't what I expected. You know, you watch some rom-com, like, you know, The Proposal, like, with, you know, Ryan Reynolds and, and Sandra Bullock, and, like, you know, you feel safe, it's comforting, you get it. <laughs> I love those kinds of movies. And I love Shut those movies. Up, Russ. I, no, but I do, too. No, no but I, I love those, too. But when you watch horror, there's a there's something where you're, like, I'm outside my comfort zone, and something's happening. And and I think, like, I'm scared, or I don't know what's what's up, and I think that's where... You interact with art or, or or what people are doing in a way that you don't with any other kind of movie, and I think no, except comedies, maybe with comedies. No, I think I comedies think so. is the other comparison. Because well, 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 it's right, right. So no, it, and it's no. so instinctive to no. like, the but it's, it is to who you are, integral. Like, yeah, exactly, to who you are to be like. I'm having a reaction to this because of my own personal. experience. It's beyond just watching a movie, and yeah. you, you know, what Russ put it best. He goes. Because he would add one other genre. Well, that was, horror, yeah, comedy, and porn, and porn. But what I always say about those I is mean, the, the the common theme in all three of those is everyone's making bad decisions. Well, everyone's <laughs> making bad decisions, but also everyone's having a very physical reaction, okay. a visceral reaction to what they're interacting, and it's with about what you like. Like, it's and, and again, it's very personal. I mean, you know, I've. Listen, The Shining is one of my favorite horror movies. I think it's probably the definition of what a horror movie is to me. And I have talked to people, and they think it's the dumbest movie they've ever watched. Well, it's stupid. A, you, you no, no, no. It, they don't care. My listen. My girlfriend is one of them. She is. She hates horror okay, movies. No, okay, but we can watch The Shining at midnight, and she's like, "I don't care. What is this? This is stupid." You got you got no relationship with a giant megalodon. <laughs> <laughs> but but my but my point is is that that 
comedy, um, pornography. These are things that people have very individual tastes about. What you're looking for is uh, are, are is someone doing something really interesting with the genre. Maybe not porn. I feel but, like but I, with, I feel like even with porn though, you can make an example. Where you go, okay, like. We've watched – you, you can watch porn. You're like, this isn't normally my thing, but it's actually really well done and the actress is just like, – wow. <laughs> I'm feeling it. Something special and it's not really the type of porn I normally like. That's not my thing, but <laughs> I'm getting what they're I doing mean, here. I mean, they're using a butt plug, but me. they're using it in, in an original way. Did you see the type of butt plug? It was, they spent yeah, time I mean, on was, that I mean, plug. that gag but, but I think was, like, but but I think you know like, what I'm saying. But, I, like, but, right, but like when I watch horror, I'm scared. I want to cover my eyes. When I watch comedy – you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm laughing. I, I, it's not. It's, I don't choose to laugh. Yeah. I just it, I, it happens. And so I think like that's what makes horror special as a genre in a way that. And look, the most important thing that I keep thinking about is like Russ and I are low budget filmmakers, and the number one genre they tell you to make as a low budget filmmaker is horror. Yeah, absolutely. They don't say like make a great drama Dude, the bulk about of people, people the bulk. And, and the way they connect. They want you. They say. Make this, and let me tell you why. Because there's no other film where it doesn't matter who's in it. If if I make a sci-fi movie, and I fucking love sci-fi, if I make a sci-fi movie, if I make an action movie, if I make a comedy, the number one thing most people will ask who don't make movies will say, "Who's in it?" Yeah. But if I make a horror movie, they go, "What's it about?" Yeah. Because all of a sudden, it's about because what they want is the experience of the horror movie, and then they go to this, they, they, and then these three filmmakers go to the woods. And they're making this low-budget movie about this witch or whatever, and um, this is their footage. So even if you don't like Blair Witch, you're like, okay, go on, tell me more or whatever. And and my point being, like, that's why horror is different than any other thing that we can talk about in the movies. It just it is an enormous amount of next level directors over the last ten years got their big and, break and, in horror. And, and, Bro, and we're talking. We're, Russ is saying The Shining. Like Kubrick worked in fucking horror movies. Yeah. yeah look, we're talking about like one of the mo- one of the people that understood cinema in a way that no one else did. Do you see? They just discovered this lost screenplay. This lost screenplay. Well, right. And I don't want to be pedantic, and I and I definitely don't want to keep bringing this up over and over again. But I feel like that's also like to tie into our last episodes with the female horror directors. I feel like. Again, that's also a reason why a lot of females find their place with horror is because they're like, okay, so what script am I going to get from Hollywood? And it's like, okay, here's a horror script. You can you can direct that, and that's going to be your gateway. You know, well, that's right. your you know. But I also think that chance. But I also think that, and I don't want to like like be reductive about a gender, but I think that you know it allows for a feminine sensibility. In a way that if they can make, because I think this is what Russ and I are always talking about with like horror or whatever. Like, what's it about? Like, like what is the monster? Like, what does it mean? And I think that you know, female horror directors can bring something to that. And I think you know, we talked about that last episode with like the sh- you know, with like Pet Cemetery and stuff. Like, they were up to stuff, man. They were they were really up to stuff because horror allows anyone to talk about whatever it is that they want to talk I, about. I think there's a there's such an instinctual gut reaction that comes with horror. That like although certainly sci-fi has e- an equal amount of capacity it's, it's, it's a, it's a, for doing it's a cousin, metaphor, it's a sister, yeah. you 
are never going to get that gut reaction thing. And I think that's what Jordan Peele realized when he decided to go, I want to make horror stuff because I can really talk about and affect people that would normally be turned off and go like, no, I don't, I I don't want to see like Malcolm 11. I don't want to see that. I want to see like, like uh, my, I love a good horror movie. They're going to watch Get Out. And come out and go. That was so awesome. Well, but, but what and did I you think, think that, about the things it was saying, which you can't not. And I think, think what's about. brilliant about Get Out is that first and foremost, it's a horror movie, yeah. and that's why it's genius because he got he he understood the thing of um, horror can be about all these things. It's first and foremost got to be the horror movie, yeah. and then it can be about anything. Yep. And and he really loves those kinds of movies. Right. It's obvious that. He just wanted to make one of those kinds of movies, and then he just put his own sensibilities. He's still touring it. it right now, though. He's like, "What isn't Jordan Peele signed to, up to do?" Next? I mean, like, I would do the same thing. He as has this. like eight I, yeah, television anthology. Yeah, when you're hot, make it all. Too. Like, yeah. do all oh, you stuff. want me to make Pacific Rim eight? Yeah, I got it. Yeah, um, I'll do. I'll, I'll be there. When's that happening? Yeah, eventually. What do you want? Or anyway, five. all right, let's wrap up Christmas. We're, we're at like double the length of our first episode. Jingle oh my god, I know, Chris. What's up? By the way, what's the only tolerable Christmas song for you guys. Um, I'll have a holly jolly Christmas. Really? It's the best time. Really? Uh, I would say actually, my, um, you're gonna the, steal the, mine. The Ramones. Damn it! Yes. Merry, Merry Christmas. You do the. You do the. I got, I got, that's from Better I Watch Out. It was in Better Watch Out too. Which it was. Which. Huge the montage. Uh, the killers. Uh, the killers did a couple Christmas songs that I love, and guys, I love the killers. You so. guys don't like. Oh, Speaking of horror movies, holy night, no, but uh, my favorite is. Huh? Okay, no singing. I thought we agreed no singing. Yeah, you're killing no, it. You're killing it, patience. Uh, patience. Everybody, everybody turn us off. What do you got? What's up? What's up? Sorry. Hark the Herald Angels sing. Hark the Herald Angels sing. For what? For a Christmas song? No, when you hear the... the, Will you stop? No. When you hear the straight up, like, just orchestral version without lyrics. You you play it to me after the show. I'll have to hear it. I don't know. We're celebrating Christmas after this. Oh my God, stop recording so patients will shut up. Oh my God. Stop. 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 Stop.